mean, you've always had the upper hand, white man, so... I'm so glad this part's recorded. Yo, what's up? <laughs> Welcome to the OKBs Podcast, episode 66. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adeoye. Joining me this week, as always, is Ian Prichelle. What's good, Ian? I hate everything. I'm sleepy. Also joining us <laughs> this week... It's a very special guest. He's not even special. He's not even a guest because he works for us. Uh, uh, I said us. Works for OK Beast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moises yes. Tavares. What's good, Moises? I'm titted. T- uh, inside joke. Uh, <laughs> titted, titted and pitted, man. Oh, Lord. Man, this is off to a great start. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Moises. Go white, man. Not all at once. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty good. I didn't sleep last night, uh, so that's a thing. Um playing a lot of games and we all we all die and i'm tired guys <laughs> we're all like in damper moods but it's good because this is actually like a more sad episode because of our topics also it's 666 um, mark of the devil wait it's what oh it's the time 66 no it's 66 oh 66 okay i thought you said the time. 666 we, there's no such thing as 666 <laughs> o'clock you fucking moron <laughs> We truly are titted and pitted today. Oh. It's, it's, it's one of them days. But it, once again, it's great because we have um, sad topics. Also, I have a mint in my mouth, so I'm sorry. I shouldn't be having mints during a podcast. That's actually against the podcast rules to eat. But Do we the kill mints you now? is really good. Uh, no? If I say okay. no, does that <laughs> negate the rule? <laughs> I, the I mean, OKBs, I'm, I'm asking you, so yeah. I mean, well, can you? <laughs> You get to weigh in on your life right now, Bless. Do we kill you, yes or no? Here's the thing. Go. I've been waiting until I'm age 29 because I'm trying to live life to the fullest, but I don't want to see 30. And so... What are you, like, Can 22? I postpone this? I'm 23, which means I have it's six 23? years. Um, 23 with a money tree. At, so in six years, I need to show up at my front door. Okay. I'll yeah. be there. Moises specifically, not you, audience, because I know one of you listening is probably <laughs> crazy enough to do it. Because <laughs> I, I have I no control wanted, over who listens to this podcast, I or it take, can be like Rihanna or New. Nah, I I <laughs> want this. This is my birthday present to myself. To <laughs> he's you. always wanted to kill a black. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> All right. So on the topics for for this week, we the, have <laughs> the OKB's OK podcast is a weekly gaming and nerd culture centric show. This is where we get together. And uh, talk about what's going to run this podcast into the ground and make it the last episode. Um, what is it, 66? 66 is a good episode to end this podcast on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you like do, the show... We should do one last uh, racial draft, just just for the hell of it. Oh, God, no. The, if you like the show, remember to, uh, to subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeast now on Twitter and Instagram. Actually, racial draft isn't a bad idea. Um um, it's never been about Actually, I'm trying to end this one as soon as possible. Uh, uh, announcement-wise, though, big announcement. I don't know if I should say it or not. Because you're it's the, planned. You're the one who runs the site, so you decide. Here's yeah, the, this is you asking, your show. Why are you asking Moises, a guy who's been working with us for like two months, than me, the person who couldn't be more disassociated from human life? <laughs> Here's the thing, right? We have an announcement for Monday. We're recording this on Friday. We have an announcement coming on Monday. I don't know if it's coming at the same time this podcast is out. I don't care. Uh, New Donk City Radio, uh, the podcast RSS feed should be up. If it's not up, blame Alex. Um, but if it is up, Go subscribe to the RSS feed. First episode comes out on Wednesday. Um, me and Alex are going to be talking about uh, sort of the things leading up to Mario Odyssey. We're going to be talking about the earlier Mario games, um, specifically like the 3D Mario games. We're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff. So check that out. Um, also, what was the other thing? Oh, check out the YouTube channel because we have a new yeah we have 
hopefully my shadow well actually i won't say that uh we have a video already, on youtube you've already said most of it we have a video on youtube that okay. you can check out if also, it's not if it's not if, if it's not the shadow what? of war review it's something else like you know and i won't say what it is because it's a surprise today. that thing that came out today on the youtube channel there is no, actually I'm something saying... really good that's coming out on the YouTube channel today. <laughs> no. Oh, you're talking this. about your video. What I, didn't, I, didn't really, I, f- I forgot you had a video that came out today. Cause, um, it came out. We Yuri were talking Giannis. about it minutes ago. How do you forget it? <laughs> I did, honestly, I didn't know what video we were talking about minutes ago. Can we talk about the I was just trying, I was making up the though, whole thing. You're like, what critiques do you have for me? And I was like, oh, oh god, man. oh god, okay, it better. So can I give can I give context for that fake title that went up? So sure. Oh yeah. Do. Okay, so for people that don't know, I was I put out a video today on Friday about Yuri on Ice and about how great its writing is and about how it misdirects you as a viewer and like plays with your expectations. Uh, so I exported the video, I put it up, and then it immediately got copyright stri- stricken after I had already put it up on my own channel and there's no strikes on it. So for whatever reason, it was immediately stri- stricken when I went public on OKB's OK channel. So then I re-exported it with the changes that YouTube made, and I titled the export uh, Yuri on Ice, uh, fuck this export, essentially. So I put it up on YouTube, and then for whatever reason, no matter what happened, whenever you looked at the base link, it would always say Yuri on Ice, fuck this export <laughs> when you put the link up on Twitter. So I had to re-export it again, with the the actual title, so that was a fun you're, time. You're butchering it. You're butchering it. What did I say? The the the, <laughs> the title of the video, as it went up, was Yuri Export after YouTube bullshit. <laughs> Honestly, I should have kept yeah, that title because you know what? That was some bullshit. And it's it's hilarious because like Ian, you see, I was scrolling on Twitter and I see Ian's tweet like, "Hey, I just did this video for OK Beast. Check it out." And the name <laughs> delete, of the video, is, delete. <laughs> the name of the video, video is like is what Moise just said, like Yuri on Ice, like YouTube oh, BS or whatever man. it was. And like I screenshotted, I sent it to Ian. I was like, Ian, like like WTF, like what's happening right now? But on my um, screen, it, it said Yuri on Ice, the beautiful misdirect. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then I had to, like, figure out the problem. And so I ended up posting to Twitter, like, six different times. Like, hey, guys, check this video out. Hey, check this video out. And um, here's the thing. I like, so sometimes yeah. I like to, like, play up how, like, mad I am at stuff when, like, things happen. Like, Moises. I get on Moises all the time for not speaking directly into his microphone. Or, like, you know, which or, I'm doing this time. Yeah, which he's, he's speaking actually very directly into his microphone, which I prefer. Um or like when he uses a featured image that's not large enough or whatever, I I usually like I ham up how, how mad that I am. This week when I when I saw Ian's roll. link, I was like I should be furious right now, but I don't care. Like because I was at work and I was tired, <laughs> <laughs> but I have to like and I put it like I was gonna make a joke when I sent it to you like Ian what like like what the heck like something something I was I was gonna joke about it, but I was like I should I, I feel like I should be mad i should say something that makes me seem mad and i was like i don't want to be mad because i don't want to make him feel bad and so i was like i just left it at that but you just sent yeah. edits you sent edits before that that made me feel bad so don't worry the, the oh, yeah. final the result edits? was feeling bad no I, i'm just i'm just joking oh yeah oh yeah i sent you like a like a paragraph of edits yesterday for your video alex alex's just, response was it's good yeah <laughs> that was it and moises said I, nothing Moises still didn't see my Absolver video after a fucking two months after it was out. So Moises just saw Moises just just discovered the YouTube channel like a week ago. I'm convinced because I get messages from Moises like, "Hey, I just watched your video." I was like, I, "Dude, I made that video months ago. I'm a new okay, man now." Okay, I asked you about the Undertale video because I was getting near the end of Undertale, 
and I was worried when you were actually making the video that there were spoilers. So by the, by the time, wherever the fuck I was in the game, I was just like, I'm comfortable with knowing whatever. So I asked you if mm. there were spoilers, and you said, no, there were no mm. spoilers. And I watched it, and it was a great video, and there were no spoilers. Also, that Welcome video is picking OKB's up Welcome to OKB's behind-the-scenes chat. Yeah, behind the scenes. That, my, the Undertale video is getting views because it's being recommended by a different Undertale video. Uh, if you're here bec- from the Undertale video, welcome. Um, context, I am a black man named Blessing. Ian is a Jewish... <laughs> we have to say this every episode so that new newcomers aren't like, wow, these guys are racist. Uh, Ian's uh, uh, white Jewish dude, Jersey, and he lives in Japan for some reason. And Moises is every race. Yeah. Moises looks like uh, what the world will look like in about three thousand years when ev- when everybody's completely mixed with everybody. I have another screenshot of you calling me like some mixed race bullshit too, but Moises is, it, is you... like when Moises is like when you say like uh, it's like Moises is the meme where like where are you from, huh? What 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 race are you? Like that's that's pretty much what Moises is. Moises is all races and no. Races I have been called everything from like the Far East to like the Deep South. Like, Boys, I... this is what happens when reverse racism happens. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. I like I like that title. I like that title from the Far East to the Deep South. That seems that sounds like your boxing name, or something Dude. like that. Moises looks like... If I were the, a manlier man, I'd make that my boxing name. Moises looks like 2017 Romeo and Juliet's uh, son. Fucking. This man is the this man is the most middle you can be in terms of skin color, and then his beard makes him look like Jesus, but then his hair makes him look like a DJ. All right, fuck crazy. questions. Just roast me the whole episode. <laughs> mini, mini Austin Walker here. Man looks oh. like Roger Bacordi and Austin Walker uh, did a Dragon Ball Z fusion and failed. <laughs> I'm so sorry, voices. <laughs> All right, anyway, what's the show actually about? Can we please talk about real Yeah, this things? is a show Yeah, about remember when games. this was supposed to be a serious show? It is supposed. To, I'm. I'm getting all these jokes out now. I do have. So we have a sad topic later, and I have jokes for that topic also. Remind me to oh, make the no. jokes. I don't want to oh, forget no. the jokes. Don't, don't uh, refrain from the jokes there. Uh, but first, we should get into what we've been up to this week. Um, I guess I'll start since my name's first on this doc for some reason. I played South Park. I played two hours of South Park, maybe. Tell me more. Well, there's not really much there. It's fine. It's like so. I played um, Stick of Truth. Uh, back when that first came out really liked it really enjoyed it i feel like lately south park has been wavering and i don't know I, it could be three things and i don't know which it is i don't know if it's me just like growing out of south park because i because i'm of the opinion <clears throat> and like up until like this season started and i started playing this game i was of the opinion that south park is the best cartoon on tv and my favorite cartoon now it might be the boondocks after i went back and watched the boondocks the boondocks um, is amazing yeah, it is amazing. So it, it could be me. It could be the current like political, uh, social climate that's kind of like uh, 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 breaded me. Is that the right word? I'll go with it. That's, that's like breaded me to be more like socially aware and conscious. And like m- maybe maybe it's the climate right now that we're in that makes me feel like oh man, South Park is trying to be too edgy because nowadays everybody's trying to be too edgy and that's kind of corny. And, like, maybe that's reflecting on South Park that now I'm like, oh, man, this is kind of corny. Um, or it could be that the show has become less funny within the recent seasons. And so to, to figure this out, I went back and I watched some earlier South Park. Like, I watched specifically since The Fractured But Whole was coming out, or it came out. Uh, I went back and I watched the superhero episodes of South Park. Okay. Uh, because I remember watching with, those back with the name the With that car- superhero name that I'm not allowed to say? 
Oh yeah, the Kunin friends. I love. I, dude, I love it. Um, <laughs> we're like, can't we're you back say it. You can say it. I'm sure you can say it. If if Carmen can say it, don't you, don't well, feel. I don't feel comfortable. Maybe I won't make that justification. I don't feel comfortable. Oh yeah, it's fine. Um, do you yeah, want to know South Park makes like, me feel? By the way, I'm sorry to break you up there, but oh yeah, fine. Do, do you know? Do you know the character or not the character? Do you know the YouTuber iDubs? Yes, I know the name. I feel like South Park reminds me of iDubs in a lot of ways. And what, what's who's, what's his thing? So iDubs is this guy. He's he does this thing called Content Cop, where he like uh, criticizes people on the internet, uh, mainly YouTubers and like Instagram people and stuff like that, social media presence people. And, like, he calls them out for sh- for things that they do and, like, does, like, these crazy exposés that are, like, 30 minutes long um, and, like, breaks them down, essentially. And there's one there's one content cop where he goes up to a white girl uh, named Tana Mos- Mobley, Mosley or whatever, who's a big mm-hmm. Twitter person, and says, like, hey, like, instead of saying say cheese, he says say and then the N-word because, <laughs> like, and he's a white guy. Um, mm-hmm. And his whole thing is that he was doing that to prove a point about something because there's like a video where like she calls somebody out for saying the n-word but then like there's video of her on instagram saying the n-word a lot of times like in the past so mm-hmm. his whole video was like if 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 it's okay for some people to say it then it's okay for everyone if it's not okay for some people then it's not okay for anybody to say it and like i feel like that's the line sometimes that that south park draws we're like oh yeah we're making fun of something we're parodying something so we're just gonna say whatever but then that gives free license to people to like th- that kind of gives a weird free license for other people to say shit that they probably shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. If it makes any sense, like when you hear things, like yeah. it's like mimicking essentially. Like it's like parrot, uh, not not parrot. Um, it's like what ducks do, like when they're kids, like they mimic the people that they see, no matter mm-hmm. who they are. It's it's essentially like that, like where people see Cartman be a dick, or people see like Rick and Morty shit, like they that it feels like people get the license from watching tv to do dumbass shit or say things that are hurtful just because yeah yeah and like south park is in is it's an interesting show especially now and i don't know if it's i i i do really want to do a thing where i go back and watch a bunch of south park episodes because now it feels like watching this season i don't know if it's just that i'm aware of it or if it's actually like a problem that like i feel like this show it's a show that punches at everybody and everything right like it's 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 being offensive on purpose but it's not being offense, offensive to his particular side or, like, just one people or just, like, five people. It's trying to be offensive towards everybody and be offensive in every type of way. And when it does yeah, that... Uh, pa- like, like, parody parody and satire work when they're directed at something, but... Yeah, but when, you're dire- when it's, like, a shotgun... Throwing it all over the place. Yeah, when it's, like, a shotgun, it, like, lessens its impact almost. It's almost, like, what... it. I, I, I'm, like, what are you trying to say, almost? Like, when, I, if, if I was to try and articulate the message of the latest seasons of South Park. I don't think I could because I don't, I don't think there's a way to, uh, the, the, I think the PC, like the PC season, right? Where the PC principles first introduced and they're doing the episodic thing. Right. I think that was a good season of South Park. Cause I remember watching that. And even though like that season kind of made me mad because I felt like it was painting PC culture in like an over the top. Well, I mean, this would, South Park does in over over the top manner to make a point that I felt like wasn't a great point about PC culture. I think that was still a great season because I felt like it was at least aimed at something. Like it was aimed at like PC culture, and I was and at the by the end of that season, I could be like, all right, well at least they said something. I feel like this season, I don't feel I don't feel like they're saying anything. And I remember them. Um, I think they said I don't know if it was in an interview, 
But they they recently said that like once Trump got elected, and this is for last season. Like last season, they were spoofing the Donald Trump election, and Donald Trump winning the election kind of like ruined that season a little bit because like the whole joke of that season was that um, Mister I can't remember his name, um, the teacher, the weird Mr. like crazy teacher, Mister Garrison was um, running for president. And he was kind of like the Trump, Donald Trump figure, and when Donald Trump won, that meant that Mr. Garrison had to win, and that kind of like <laughs> that kind of changed the whole trajectory of that season. So the whole season had to be about that. Wait, so was um, his VP uh, Mr. Hat? No, his VP was uh, uh, what's her name? Bruce Jenner's new name. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner? Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. His VP oh was Caitlyn Jenner. That was amazing. Oh, that part was no. amazing because like every time every time she would be, she was in a scene she would run somebody over because there was that like case she had where she like raised it was oh great. yeah <laughs> yeah so she would every time she would leave the scene she would run somebody over like brutally that's that stuff in south park is hilarious i don't think i've had any of that in this season of south park and playing stick of truth or playing fractured behold like there are moments that i've seen that are like funny moments but not like laugh out loud, like hilarious that I'm used to from South Park. And like, I went, like I was saying this before, like I watched the, um, Coon and Friends saga and like I watched it and I was like, this feel, this still feels good. And so I, I don't, I don't know what it's like in the writing room. I don't know if it's because they've split, um, their creative power with like doing fractured whole and having to like do all these things at once. I don't know what it is, but yeah. So, I mean, Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish it was better from the comedy standpoint. Gameplay sta- gameplay standpoint, I don't like the new combat system, but it's not it's not treacherous. It's not that bad. I just prefer the other one better because it was more simple. This one, I feel like you have to think more, and I don't really feel like thinking in this South Park game. Um, and yeah, I got to play more to give more of a complete thought on it. Uh, I stopped playing that, though, to, uh, to start Resident Evil 4 since me and Moises kind of want to do a uh, book club on that one. Um, yeah. and we'll see what, how that pans out because after playing an hour of it last night, I was like, dude, I don't know if I can play like 15 more hours of this game. Okay. So have you started? Um, I, no, I, <laughs> I'm actually glad you're kind of telling me you're easing off. Cause then that means I don't have to spend like, I'm going to try. Months. I'm going to try. Okay. I mean, yeah. you get a bit of the ways in, you let me know. Cause I can, I, well, I if you don't start it now, are you going to have it done? Game. Are you going to have it done? By Halloween, because this is our our tentative date, and it might be way further than this, depending on how quickly we're able to get this game beaten. Um, What's today's date? Today's the twentieth. You have like ten days. Yeah, I have the time okay. for that. I don't think I have the time. Is the thing, yeah. but we'll see. Because uh, I have a lot of stuff to do. But dude, you know, I'll, get I'll, ready. If you, if you stop working me to death on OK Beast, then maybe I'll have the time for it. Man, I sent you the thing, the list of things I'm doing. Um, that is true. You're doing a lot. <laughs> so I was expecting to like get into this game and be like, okay, let's do this, dude. That game, great game. People people consider Resident Evil Four one of the great one of the greatest games ever made. And I learned the other day, or I realized the other day actually, that like that game kind of um, it it kind of invented the behind or over the shoulder like close camera like third person shooter in that <laughs> particular style. Which I which I don't know why I randomly had that epiphany. Um, that being said, that game did not age well in terms of control and in terms of like that game is the the aiming is is something else oh it no yeah aiming, aiming just in resident evil period um even even further than like i've played five and i've touched six a bit aiming mm-hmm. still isn't like an intuitive thing mm. entirely in those games yeah and like i i feel like the excuse they've been giving themselves more often than not is like oh if you're if your precision is like pinpoint accuracy, then 
that robs you of that robs you of the tension of the encounter. So we like have intentionally made it kind of wonky, but like, and that could be like a valid design decision. Like I don't design games, so I I can't say for sure. But yeah. it also just kind of seems like an excuse for like not wanting to fix your shit. Yeah, like, I've, I've defended wonkiness in design before, like, particularly for, like, The Last Guardian. Like, I always defend that, yeah, like... you defend that in Shadow of the Colossus. Well, Shadow of the Colossus is, is a perfect video game. The Last Guardian, like, I defend, like... I usually defend, like, the character kind of feeling, like, hard to control and tripping over themselves, because I feel like that's kind of how the character... If you look at the style and look at the animation and stuff, I feel like that's what they're going for. And I like, I like it for that. Um... Yeah, Resident Evil Four. I I mean that could, that could be an int- an intended thing for them to be like we're gonna make it hard to aim to in- to increase tension, which it does, dude. It is so hard to move in this game. Like, mm-hmm. period. It is part. It, movement is difficult, which makes it scary because you you have mobs of people after you in this game. Um, yeah. How I, I've never played Resident Evil Four. How's how is the movement? Because I think it's you. I think it's left the and first right one turn. to drop the tank controls. It it kind of has tank controls, I think, okay. if I remember correctly. It kind of has tank controls, but it's like if I but remember it's, correctly, it's I don't still know like them finding their footing. Outside yeah, it feels if it feels like they don't have it. I mean, it doesn't feel like. I think the easiest analog to this game is The Last of Us, um, and because that's like also another like kind of close to the camera, uh, survival or maybe not survival, but like horror, uh, uh, stealth. Maybe, oh, I guess Resident Evil is in stealth. Yeah, it's a it's a shooter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And and um, when I'm playing Resident Evil Four, I'm thinking of The Last of Us, and it after playing The Last of Us, it they, it it feels infinitely harder to go back because The Last of Us controls fine. Resident Evil Four, like it's a whole thing. You when you play it, you'll understand, and I want you to report back on Yo, it. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna play it at this point. You keep putting me off. It's. I, Here's no, the I'll, thing, I'll Andrew. Andrew said that it'll grow on me. Okay. And I trust Andrew. Andrew, if you're listening, I trust you. Don't I, I, I don't mess with me, Andrew. <laughs> if I waste my time beating this game by the end of it, I'm still I still can't aim. And come for you. Don't fuck me. I'm having Liza on the show, and she's going to roast you. Oh yeah, we yeah. should have Liza on the show. Oh. It's planned. I make. I have a list. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, it for you- me though. We also have Chance the Rapper on that list. So Yeah, Chance the Rapper's on that list. Yeah. Uh, that's it for me, though. So let's go with uh, Ian. What you been up to? Speaking of Resident Evil, I just picked up uh, The Evil Within 2. Made by the oh, studio that was Shinji Dude, Mikami that made RE4. We are covered in this in OKBs. I think we've played every major game this year. Well, like, the we, thing I think is, we've had somebody that's played every single game. Yeah, game. I hope so. Um, but yeah, the thing is, the last game that I played that was a horror game... I think might have been Resident Evil Four. Hmm. If you count Bloodborne Jeez. As, as a hard wait, game. did you like at the time that it released, or just the last game you played of that ilk? The, like when it came out. Like I can't think of another oh, horror man. game that I played because I didn't play RE Seven because uh, I didn't have a PS Four at the time, or if I did, I didn't get the game for whatever reason. Okay. Um, I usually watch a lot of Let's Plays with horror games because I like to be like a part of like uh, that conversation and like watching it with someone else playing. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I'm I'm excited to get into the Evil Within too. Have you played? No. Um, have you have you started it yet? No, I haven't. Uh, it's still downloading okay. now. Um, Dude, I'm excited to hear your thoughts yeah. on that actually, because that, that's a game that I haven't heard anybody talk about, and it's like a major game. Hey, yeah. hey um, Patrick Klepek's been doing the Lord's work on that. Game. Has he? So is yeah. uh, Andrea Renee. I've heard, and so yeah. I'll check out. I'll check that out too. 
Have you we played PT, see. by the way? I did play PT, and that shit mm. scared me. So yeah. I'm excited. What um Until Dawn? Until Dawn, uh, watched a Let's Play for. Okay, Until Dawn is great. That I, I, it's a hor- it's a horror game that's not really that scary, but I love it. Mm. Hmm. Um. Yeah, but yeah. So other than that, I've been I've been playing a bunch of Stardew Valley, and uh, I I know neither of you, or maybe you do, guys uh, suffer from attention deficit disorder. Um. But I don't think you do right neither of you guys no nah. uh yeah so back in 2014 or 2015 i was diagnosed with add and i took pills for like a year um but since then since i moved to japan i stopped um sorry to take a really intense turn out of nowhere um but yeah i took pills for a year then i stopped uh, when i moved to japan and i'm actually, trying to find i'm like shocked it took them that long to diagnose to diagnose it to be honest <laughs> like knowing Thanks. you Thanks. For the for it to take it. until 2014 for them to be like, we should probably check this guy out. That's well, that there was a whole me. big thing. There was a whole big thing about like they. I technically was diagnosed when I was a kid, uh, but my parents mm. didn't want me to be on pills, which I guess was okay. a good decision, or maybe not. Who knows? Um, but anyway, so like ever since then, I've been trying to find something that like helps me focus. Like in high school, it was a lot of that was swimming and like physical activity. But this is actually related to a game. Stardew Valley actually helps me this past week with like focusing and like time management and actually helped me a lot with um, the video editing um, that I had to do for this video that was due today or yesterday. Um, so I was, I was curious actually to about you guys and what you think about games and like mental health or like, uh, or wellness. Like, do you have a game that you play whenever you feel like depressed or like whenever like something like maybe like when you're sick or something like that is, do you have a game that you associate with like, trying to get out of or get into a certain mood Hmm. i don't know if i have a game that i play when i'm in that specific uh, specific place i mean i do play games i think that's my go-to thing but like the one i can remember i think the example that i have is metal gear solid 5 because um i it's hard for me to think about metal gear solid 5 or play metal gear solid 5 because i because i originally played that game um it came out in like one of the one of the one of those times in life where like i was just like down like beaten like like uh i there are like a specific set of situations that i can't i can't remember all i don't even feel like talking about them but like i just played that game in a very dark place and that game kind of helped me helped me get through that because it was a very it's a very engaging game it's a game that requires kind of like your full attention and energy and it's long and so like it was like a two or three week process of me just playing this game and beating it and like getting all this stuff um and it's probably, it's it's one of my favorite games of this generation uh, because of that. But but I booted it up uh, earlier this week because since it's on PS Plus, and I was like, I don't feel like going back to this because every time I think about this game now, I think about that time. Um, and so that, that uh, that's an example. I think in general, though, I think if I'm when I'm when I'm feeling down or when I'm feeling in a, in in a certain mood, I'll probably go to the more simpler games that that um that are more nostalgia driven for me. So like something like FIFA, I've been playing FIFA my whole life. Um, and I think FIFA is an example of a game that takes me, takes me to a good place because it is a constant. Um, and so I find myself going to FIFA a bit. Rocket League has become that also because Rocket League has some similar qualities as FIFA. Um, or I'll just go back to like N64 games, Mario 64, uh, Banjo, stuff like that. Hmm. What, uh, is what about you? I don't, go to a specific game necessarily when I'm when I need to get into a certain mood um, I play certain types of games 
uh i i i defer to to like massive rpgs actually mm-hmm. when when i need to <laughs> go elsewhere um like i was i was in like a tremendously shitty place about 2 years ago now um and so what i decided to do was because because i wanted this game for a while and because it was probably on sale at the store like around the corner or whatever uh i picked up the witcher 3 and i just lost myself in that game mm. and that became like that became like my therapy basically for the month of october um interesting 2 years ago and then that segued directly into fallout 4 which was then another game that i got myself lost into because turns out a month later i was still feeling just the shit like i (laughs) i had escaped instead of actually done something to my benefit yeah and like the same thing came out of fallout like fallout was a good respite but like at the end of it nothing really had changed in regards to my situation hmm so, so maybe I I'm, we, maybe like, I'm messing up. Like, I need more maybe. games. I, maybe I, you're I sh- deflecting. Yeah, I should probably play uh, Stardew Valley because I own it and I've only played like five hours of it. But it's really it's been a really good five hours. Yeah, it's I just I just find it interesting that we can like use games uh, as like a form of like brain retraining almost. Like uh, for me, like I, I always know that my brain is like going off on like a hundred different tangents per minute and like stardew valley is a game that's and like the games also like persona 5 and stuff like that are games that focus specifically on time management and um and like organizing uh tasks into things that are like you need to do this right now you need to do this like right after that and then like there are tasks that are not as important so like for someone who has issues with task management and time management it's a perfect like a training simulator for me almost like someone who like needs to like fly a plane um if that makes any sense as a using a, a simulator for that um i just I thought it was interesting the connection. i mean it is but it isn't because like you're really only ch- you're you're not actually choosing something based off of time i guess it's it, that's more of time on a macro scale than it is mm-hmm. on a micro scale like stardew valley is like all right you literally only have like five minutes per actual day, day. Yeah, yeah when persona it's like all right you have like this year and on a macro scale, here's what you need to do at, per day as a whole, as opposed to like minute mm-hmm. per minute. Yeah, I think. Well, Persona's Persona for me, and I'm I'm thinking actually more Persona Four for a different reason. Uh, is a good one for me because I think I play. I mean, I think throughout my life I ha- I've had more issues with like self identity and like uh, self esteem and stuff like that. And Persona Four I played, and that game is a game that is all about self acceptance. And like looking mm. at yourself and kind of like seeing like seeing your own issues and kind of accepting yourself for who you, who you are. In Persona, I feel like brought that to life for me in a re- in a very like real way. Where I I played that game throughout the course of like half a year. And <clears throat> like if you're unfamiliar with with Persona, like there you go through the story of like different characters and like different characters like like kind of bear to you their soul and bear to you like their like biggest issues they have. And remember, and I think I'm, I might have mentioned this on the podcast before that like. It was, um, what was her name? Girl who wears red, long hair. Yuki. Yukiko. Yukiko, yeah. yeah. I think it was the Yukiko, Yukiko tweet, either her or Rise, who said that, like, um, uh, something along the lines of, for every, people, a lot of time people have, like, multiple versions of themselves, like, multiple versions of themselves, and, like, 
that's okay. Like that's that's cool to accept. And like I I like the the specific the specific specific specific. Yeah, I can't think of the word specificity. Specific, specificity. Yeah, yes, the specificity of I got you, dog. what of what the, what they kind of brought up in that game. I, I I thought was really cool and kind of really helped me through. Like to really help me to think out a lot of that stuff. So yeah, shout out to Persona I, Four. I, I, and I feel like I feel like there's like articles written about this, but like using games as a way to like walk through trauma, essentially, uh, as like mm-hmm. you have to navigate a 3D space that, and you have to confront a, a mental problem that is like uh, something that you're dealing with, but has a clear objective. Uh, and someone, uh, so my degree is in psychology from school, and like I feel like one of the biggest problems with mental mental illness and like depression and things of that nature is that it's a very amorphous problem. So it's very hard to say like tomorrow I will no longer be depressed because you, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to identify specifically what those problems are that you need to overcome and then to that to thus overcome them. Right. But in a video game space, you have objectives that are mo- more often than not clear. And then when you change, when you uh, complete those objectives, then usually there is a physical change or a like, um, a like change in how your character moves or interacts with the world. So I feel like using games as a form of therapy and using games as a form of like connecting mental, like your mentality, both either positive or negative or trying to retrain our brains is a super interesting thought. And I just wanted to ask you guys about that. Um, nice. But yeah, so other than that, I've been watching uh, Mr. Robot uh, a lot. Love that show. It's really cool. Um, speaking of retraining your brain and mental yeah, health, yeah, I was about to stuff. say, yeah, you're just going balls deep into the mental health thing. Hey, man, I'm I'm just all about segues today. Um, but yeah, Mister Robot's great. Uh, that show is genius in a lot of ways. It's filmed and and I very much am like creatively inspired by that show. Dude, um, do you want to do a bonus episode about mental health and video games? Uh, I well, I wanted to do a I, a long time ago, like before I actually started doing video stuff. I wanted to do a series called Heart to Heart, where it's about um, people talking about their experiences with mental health and and video games and how that either like kind of like what you what you just said just now. I mm-hmm. wanted to have like a little mini series about that, um, but someone if, shot if it you, down. If you, so I, don't, I never shot it down. Not doing it. I, I never um, shot it, but here. But also, like, if I have the because, receipts. I show me the receipts. Most. Show me the receipts. I, the most I never shot. I I never no, shot I'm it. No, I'm kidding. Most, show show me the receipts because I never I never shot it down. I was actually kind of hyped for it. But um, um if you yeah. if though I was gonna say I want to start bonus and I've said this before on the show and, and we haven't gotten into it yet. But I wanted to start bonus episodes of Oki Beast of the Oki Beast podcast. And if you want to do it as like uh like I, monthly or whenever you whenever you want, like bring on guests because we have a long list of guests, the people that want to guess as. Twitter taught me a few days ago. Um, <laughs> you'd grab like grab from a pool of people and bring them on, and just talk about like mental health and video games. I think that'd be a cool thing. Yeah, I would love to, to. Like the thing is, like that's very much in my professional world, like uh, like psychology. And back when I was trying to pursue a like uh, a higher level of education in psychology, I feel like that's a serious side of me that not many people see and not many people get to interact with because it's something that I'm actually very serious about. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like. I feel like if we did ever post something like that, people would be like, wow, I really like this new guy on OK Beast. He's like very intellectual and stuff like that. <laughs> and then people are going to be like, wait, video edited, produced and written by Ian Preschel. What? <laughs> like, the, who's dude who made a, the dude who made the butt joke in that last video? What? No. He did make a butt joke. I was going to comment on that. I totally forgot about that. I was yeah. gonna be like, hey, take out this butt joke. But it's too late. Nope. Too no, late. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't um, Yeah. But, uh, but yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, other than that, and I guess we'll talk about that other show at another time. Um, I've also, 
I bought the updated season two package for Street Fighter Five um, because for some reason that's like the game. Even though I played more uh, Super Smash Brothers since Nintendo doesn't put out any more of those games ever, uh, I like invest a lot of my like street like fighting game money and time and thought process into Street Fighter Five because it's a game that I I hold uh, Street Fighter the series I hold very dear near and dear to my heart because. Uh, like I had friends in college that played a lot of it, um, and I just bought the season two set with their new character coming out this Tuesday. Uh, Zeku is his name, I think. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm excited about that, and I'm I'm excited because in January they're also going to reveal uh, new mechanics like second V triggers, different supers, like all these different things they're adding to the game. Another like a big fleshed out arcade mode and stuff like that, and it just got me thinking that. You know, can games ever come back from this, like, really shitty first impression? Like, and it just so happens that this year, like, this has been more plaguing the fighting game community than any other gaming community. Like, with Marvel mm-hmm. Infinite, like, having character models that looked like they were made on a TI-84. Um, and then uh, Street Fighter Five coming out with less content than, like, a TI-84. So, um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, like, it, I feel like it's, like, a thing that's been happening a lot in the fighting game community. And, I mean, there's multiple reasons why um, Capcom is involved with both those projects. And Capcom, like, from, like, internal stories, whether true or not, like, seems to be, like, probably the worst company when it comes to managing their projects. Um, apparently, this is, like, a, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, so don't don't take me take me at my word here. Um, the statue that they made that they, like, went and, and did, like, stuff for, like, Comic-Con and, like, used to promote the game, apparently that was, like, half of their budget. Oh, oh lord no this is again this is all hearsay but this is like from people uh, supposedly that were like people that are close to the project leads of that game apparently like that giant statue like dipped into their budget for the game and like hmm. yeah and then also like you can see that the dlc characters are at a way higher quality than the rest of the characters even though yeah, that's the true thing the DLC, the dlc characters yeah. yeah, like Monster Hunter is like a fully realized character, like crazy amounts of detail. Meanwhile, Dante looks like a, a flat JPEG, um, which is ridiculous. Um, like Black Panther and Monster Hunter are both featured in the story. This is we're talking about Marvel Infinite, by the way, for people that don't know. Um, Black Panther is all and Monster Hunter are both featured in the story mode, but they you can't play them even though they're like in the story mode. Their models are fully realized. Um, that and like a ton of other stuff with Marvel, like their UI is disgusting. There's like nothing there. Um, so and then yeah. So anyway, so my question to you guys is, is that um, once a game comes out, is there any way for there to be a turnaround? Like, it, it, has there been a game besides like um, Siege, like a Rainbow Six Siege mm-hmm. that came out that has been completely turned around? Because um, that's the only one that I can think of off the top of my head where a game came out and everyone was like, "This is garbage. This is awful." And then like six months down the line, people are like, "All right, this game's pretty good." Yeah, Final Fantasy thir- thir- no, not 13, 14. 14? Yeah, yeah I think it was a similar situation of, like, it came out, and it was trash on PC, and then they relaunched it as A Realm Reborn, and then people were like, oh, this is awesome. Um, I think Daniel Dwyer did a, a full no-clip series on it. I haven't I, seen it. That's um, that's when that's when I met him, actually, when he was out here doing the no-clip stuff. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. You met him at the meetup. Yep. Yeah, but and I, I haven't played that game, so I or I have played that game, but I'm not familiar with the whole story, and so I can't really give context for that, but... Uh, I think th- I've heard that's a, a pretty good example of that. Um, I, I want to throw out <clears throat> GT Online. Like, GT Online was good. When it first launched, yeah, it was, I mean, it was garbage, Online, but it was, like, technical. Yeah, yeah, that's what and, I was going to say. It bounced back more from technical issues than yeah. actual, like, just being bad. Yeah, because it had a really rough launch, but then it 
the roughest. Once things got I going, made seven characters. Oh, dude, within the dude. First week. I'm having flashbacks now because I remember like nobody could, nobody could get in, and then it got to the thing of like once you did get in, your character uh, would possibly get deleted. Yeah. <laughs> and then like people were stuck doing that first mission or whatever. And it was a race d- too, right? Yeah, it was a race. Yeah. And no, yeah, yeah, it was a race. Was it a multiplayer race as well? Or was I it just know. you and like an NPC? I think it was just you and an NPC. Okay. Yeah. Um and then like yeah, like there would be the loading screens that would take forever. You'd get stuck in the sky. And to be fair, GTA Online still has that. You still get um I, I don't think you get stuck in the in the sky, but you do get kicked back to single player, which if you know GTA Online or GTA in general, that lo- those loading screens are not quick. They mm-hmm. suck your life out of mm-hmm. you. And like um GTA Online still has I feel like it has like a lot of the same problems it did as far as like technical stuff, matchmaking, that kind of stuff. Um, but they just added so much more to it and they just like funneled uh, a bunch, a buttload of content into it that I played a lot of GTA online and I couldn't, I, I feel like my shaders were on, were on so thick that I was like, I don't see anything wrong with this. GTA online is perfect. GTA five greatest game ever made. Like, and to be fair, like GTA Online did have like a lot of amazing stuff in it, and it's like it's I think it's an accomplishment, but it had a lot of issues. It still has a lot of issues, but it, I think it's an example of something that like did bounce back from that original launch. Um, even if like, like is it is it even fair <clears throat> is it even fair to say that that GTA Online was an actual product that was released like like people got GTA Five yeah. and then GTA Five on or GTA Online was a separate product attached to GTA. So I feel like that's not a fair, accurate representation because people weren't buying GTA Online; they were buying GTA Five that came with GTA Online. Yeah, if that makes but any people, sense. I think people, a lot of people, I would say, yeah, most of people buying GTA Five at that time at release were probably buying it for single player. But I think a I lot did. of people were buying it for for online at the same time. And well, like I'm saying, but I'm saying for the product, right? Like, like now, now obviously the product has gotten uh, like it, it, GTA Online is almost like its own entity, like separate from G- G- Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Like they could, in theory, sell like a hey, here's a twenty dollar thing with just the GTA Five Online download code and like mm-hmm. in game money or whatever, and that would actually work. What I'm saying is, I'm like just a raw product like Street Fighter Five MVCI that like came out, people dunked on it, it was awful, and then like over the course of like months or years people turned around completely on the game and they were like oh it, it's actually really good and like mm-hmm. the updates they've given it have like completely changed it well i was i was going to run it by you guys even though i myself have not touched it like too like extensively i've not played it extensively since um but a store like a game you could watch out for to see if this turns out right is No Man's Sky. I was gonna say the same thing. Which No Man's Sky, more like No Man Buy. Don't don't buy it. That's no. my <laughs> joke. That's it's, my joke so, for the day. And I, it I, it uh it launched a massive campaign, like a massive ARG, uh, to to announce its latest expansion which yeah the atlas rains atlas uh, rises atlas rises yeah yeah um and the campaign was launched as like waking titan i believe um and that supposedly i i haven't seen but supposedly adds a shit ton of things to that game like yeah and uh, a story not like the world's greatest like space opera but a, a story um 
I've seen for myself that there are actually quests in the game now. There is a quest giver. It's exactly what you would expect from quests in that game, but there's more structure to the game. And, like, whereas there was no foundation before, they have laid down the foundation. As in, like, literally the first yeah. update they gave was it say, was the it foundation update. It's essentially then, what it should have been when it when it launched. Yes. Yeah. And now it it hasn't probably bounced back sales wise. Uh and like critically people probably still think that there could be more to that game, but it's at least to the hardcore fans who actually have been playing that game, all I've heard is that yes, that game has completely bounced back. And yeah. now it's like it's ready for for more. Like the people have experienced this. They like Hello Games has their goodwill because they put forth the time that they should have put in before launching and made a made a damn game. Yeah. So two, so now that two thing things should though. be ready to go. Two things though. I don't think Atlas has or not Atlas. Um, Hello Games has the goodwill. Maybe from the core, of, they do. yeah, no, of their yeah. of their hardcore fan base, not critically, okay. not okay. even like yeah, del- yeah, delusional core. people. Congratulations, <laughs> oh, but so, also, so, so I'm delusional for like Rainbow Six Siege. No, I'm saying oh. hello. I'm no, I'm saying Hello Games fans. Uh, hello Games does not have the goodwill. Thus, the people that support them, even though they made a, a shitty product, are delusional to, to think that the the next thing they they're going to make is going to be good. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that because the thing they just put out is good, right? Yeah, and, and I so mean, like also, if you're a fan of a, if you're a fan also, of the good thing, you, you can say that the game was shitty when it came out because it and, was, and and you're entitled to believe that. And I actually really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, I mean, people I, are I usually to- inclined, totally... inclined to believe the truth. So, no, I mean, I know it's like it's not the best game in the world, but it's totally a game that I enjoyed and that many people enjoyed. And I, I don't think I'm delusional for getting exactly what I wanted out of that game, and I don't think any of the people who have stuck around by that game are necessarily delusional because they got what they wanted. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And also, like, I didn't... <laughs> I, I see I was that gonna... damn smirk on your face. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was waiting for, for Ian to bust out laughing. Uh, I was, oh, yeah, I was going to say, No Man's Sky bouncing back, though, quote-unquote, like, getting back to... or getting to where it should be, right? Going from a whatever release to like a okay decent release like i feel like even if no man's sky went to like great right now like if it was amazing right now i don't think that would bring people in i i think that game would still be in the place where it is i don't think i don't think people would flock to it at all because of notoriety and like the fact that like you had your shot and you kind of you kind of missed it which I Ian, think is the saddest Ian, thing with your question how do you mean like it bounced back like sales wise critically like what do you mean I, it's an open-ended question. I don't know because I feel like I was playing Street Fighter Five earlier today, and it just it just got me thinking. Like, do people hold Street Fighter Five in high regard? And I don't think I think even now, after the story mode update and everything, I don't think necessarily that people hold it in a high regard. Like the people that I know who are fighting game people, like maybe they'll play it every once in a while, but like I can't. I don't see this game having the staying power besides in like the big events 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like the casual, they, they didn't grab the casual audience. No, and the hardcore no. audience seems to be moving from from fi- like fighting game that's popular yeah. to fighting game that's popular. Fighting game. It wasn't. It's not like I feel like Injustice had way more positive buzz around it and like mm-hmm. held that positive buzz up until the next release. And like M- MVCI, all the buzz about it when it came out was that it's bad. It looks bad. It plays okay, but like the whole story was that the the development of this game was trash. And you got a trash product because of it. We should move from this conversation, but I actually kind of like this conversation. I have and I and I have another point. Like Street Fighter Five, I agree with you in the fact that like, yeah, in like in the fighting game community and like even the, even like in the casual community, like the game is not highly regarded, especially as a Street Fighter game. But it still has the Street Fighter name, Street Fighter characters, Street Fighter mechanics attached to it, which gives it a lot more hope than something like No Man's Sky or something like, even like Rainbow Six Siege, even though Rainbow Six Siege bounced back and people love it. Like, uh, Legacy? Legacy is essentially like what's keeping this ship afloat? Yeah, like, well, the fact that like if Street Fighter 5... I'm agreeing with you, by the way. Like, I I think that the reason why I'm still staying is just because I'm like, oh, fuck, it's Ryu, man. Oh, it's Ken. Like, I I, I know these characters. Right now, is Street Fighter 5 a good game? Um, if it can't, I, I don't know. Because like, I don't know, because I haven't played it in a while. I'm not, like, a fighting game expert, and I feel like half the time, like, you need to be more aware of, like, the minutia of fighting games to truly yeah. give, like, an informed opinion. Like, the the only fighting game that I really was into was Smash Brothers, and I know that there are, like, high-level Smash games, but I don't, I never competed in a tournament. I don't, I'm not looking at frame data. Like, I know, I know that frame data exists, and I know that there are these systems that, layer on top of each other to make a good fighting game um but i think that at the time of release what street fighter 5's objective was and what their end result was um were they weren't the same like their objective was to get more casual people on to get the game out before evo to make profit and -hmm. like just capitalize on the name but at the end of the day people are much the consumers are much smarter than than um than companies think they are so as soon as the game came out people were like there's not a lot of shit here and there's no arcade mode and there's no story and like you can't really do anything and you know the the sales numbers responded in turn because it was the amount of money that tekken made in like a a three months was more than street fighter made in like two years Mm -hmm. because tekken had a story mode tekken had these accessories tekken had a great online mode like tekken had all the stuff that street fighter should have had out the gate day one mm-hmm. you know and i feel like that's one of the reasons why people responded so highly to respond responded so well to tekken overall yeah. even you like you you loves tekken right like oh yeah i absolutely love tekken because it has this breadth of content and it be not only does it have single player but also has multiplayer and it has this deep gameplay like i feel like that tekken and tekken versus street fighter is the perfect example of like how to release a game in the fighting game community and then how not to release a game and I yeah. just was, like, thinking that, like, I don't have any connection to the Tekken universe, so I'm not playing Tekken, even though I know, objectively, it's a better game. And I, I even know that uh, Kuma is in that game, right? But, like, I have no interest and I have no desire to play that game at all. But Street Fighter V is, like, my, mm-hmm. like, I have an attachment to those characters and the legacy, so I have to, I, I feel, like, almost compelled to buy this game to play it, to, like, be involved yeah. in it. But also there's the fact that, like, right now the fighting game sphere... I think fighting games are in probably one of the best places fighting games have ever been. Oh, yeah. Um, like, since, like, the Super Nintendo. Like, when you have Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, um, Injustice, Tekken, uh, uh, MVCI... Uh, uh, what's the one coming out next year? Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Tekken, and like even like a non Tekken tag. Um, what is it called? Uh, well, Guilty Gear is out right now. Guilty what's, Gear. What's the other game? There's that anime one, um, right? Where like anime uh, cross. Yeah, the anime. The one. cross tag battle thing. With yeah. Cross tag battle system. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and like you were, there are so many fighting games that are coming out in like Arc Smash Brothers. God bless you. Yeah, there's there's yeah. so many like great fighting games right now that people are flocking to and that are keeping fighting games vibrant and alive and interesting. And then like for Street Fighter specifically, I feel like. I, I think I remember them saying that when they released this game, like, they're, we're not going to do, like, a street, Ultra Street Fighter Five Legacy, or not Legacy, but, like, Super Edition or whatever they do for, like, all the other Ultra Street Fighter Five games. But they, I think... I don't. I think they lie through their teeth. I don't. I don't know if they're going to uh, explicit, explicitly like release another edition, like another box. No, they did. Oh, they did. Oh, well, they're, there they're re- no, they're releasing arcade edition in in January, and that's what I was trying to say is that with oh. arcade edition, they're getting um, they're giving new, they're they're updating a bunch life. of shit with oh, like yeah. arcade mode and stuff like that, and that their their hope is that it's they're breathing new life into the game, but. The, like the caveat to that is that like oh they they said when the game first came out they're like oh we're not gonna try and sell you another box we're not gonna push another product on you but the of caveat to that is that if you have Street Fighter if you have Street Fighter Five the base game mm-hmm. then you don't need to pay for anything else you you can just earn those characters and those new features are given to you um, so they are kind of treating okay. it like that open platform like they were talking about before kind of like a League of Legends or a Dota or whatever where yeah you just have the main game and then you like content gets added over time. And then, like, you can leave and come back as long as you know those base mechanics. You can still play the game no matter what. And I think yeah, the fact uh, that it's co- the fact that it's named Street Fighter, and the fact that we li- we we play games in this in this um, sphere that is like update driven, and that like you can they can make Street Fighter Five an amazing game. And I don't think anything is stopping them from doing that, aside from like time and money. And they, I think they will through like arcade edition and future editions because it's Street Fighter and they that they, they cherish that brand. Maybe not enough to make it good first off the bat but <laughs> maybe but, not maybe not enough to make it good yeah but I, th- I think that game is eventually going to be a great game if it's not if it's not there with the arcade edition or whatever and i think when that happens like since it's street fighter and since people are so used to multiple editions of street fighter games i think that that bounces that game back and people look at it and, and like i think that can that can change the narrative from street fighter being like oh it's whatever or oh it's not great to being like oh it's actually great now oh it's good now because because of the name street fighter and i think that's what i was getting at with legacy it's the fact that like it has games before it but also it has the reputation of being a game that gets better over time since the super nintendo like the super nintendo editions got great over time through multiple editions and so i think through updates or uh, these arcade editions and these like the platform league of legends kind of thing that you're saying it could it could get there um we should move on though um voices tell me that undertale is good so we can get to topics undertale's neutral route is okay at best um i i <laughs> i'm I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm appalled no, I'm not appalled. I'm disappointed, never, but I'm not surprised. I never play the neutral run, so I can't attest to whether it's good or not. You're not wrong, I don't think, Moises. Yeah, well, it's... I disagree with you slightly, but I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I, I wrote a whole thing on it that you guys can read on, on the site. Um, it's, uh... Okay, so the definitive way to play Undertale, as far as I can tell, is true pacifist. Am I am yes. I correct? Yes, I'm I'm correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then there's the the genocide route, which I don't even know about. It just looks like literal hell on earth. And then there's the neutral route, which is it's, it's very it's very middle of the ways in that it doesn't 
do what you know either of the other two does but while not doing any of those things it does nothing really it's uh it doesn't have a concise voice essentially yeah it's uh, the way i i refer to undertale's neutral rod as like one big meme uh it, it it's it's just like a, a huge joke uh really like all all of the ride all all of the writing in the game is great like it's one of the funniest games i've ever played and that's pretty much what's carrying it to okay for me because and and what i wrote in the article was uh that like i've heard of undertale for two years now like i i don't know all the finer points about the like of the story of either of those routes but i know that there's a depth to it there's like an emotional depth to it that was lacking in the neutral route and i i ended up on the neutral route because i messed up and i killed a few things in the beginning and then i didn't kill anything for for, i played the game for eight hours i didn't kill anything for probably seven hours and like 40 minutes so literally in the beginning of the game i killed a few things and then i played the rest as a pacifist of course, that doesn't matter because I had already leveled up, and so I was I was just screwed. And, and since mm-hmm. I started it, I just committed to it. And yeah, it's it's the same jokes that you probably get in everything else, but there's there's no like actual exploration of the characters. Um, pacifism itself is is weird because the like Undertale was sold to me sort of as like. It's the game where you you talk your way out of the situations and you become friends with all the things and like that sounded kind of cool but it's not really like the game says it wants you to be like empathetic to the monsters and it really doesn't or at least in the neutral run it doesn't it wants you to go along with like it, its humor and so I, I I wrote that there was a dog that poked its head out of like a, a little snowball and I, I thought to myself like oh what a cute dog and then out from the snow pile there's a dog <laughs> donning like a huge set of armor and i was just like okay okay it's a, it's going to go down right now and then instead of anything grand and i wasn't going to fight it but i was hoping for something out of that interaction and instead what it asked me to do was just like pl- like beckon the dog to me it comes closer play with it I throw a snowball. Then when it when it's almost tired, pet it and then it'll go to sleep. And it's just like it's humorous but it it's it doesn't do anything. And mm. and then like it's pacifism in other cases which the main one that bothered me was the first boss fight which was uh Toriel. Um the Don't wind- reveal anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm. Okay, you don't know. Well, you're, okay. Yeah. You're fine saying Toriel. Yeah, I could but, I could say yeah. for it. Don't the do wi- details. The wind condition for pacifism on her. I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's absolutely the stupidest shit in the world. Yeah. Here's what I'll say because like I think everything you're saying right now is on point. The way the game's designed is it's designed for you not to know going in. Like and like it's just, it it's designed for you not to know that like the the about like the pa- full pacifist playthroughs and yeah, the and I think, genocide I think playthroughs. that's like by the end of it, I had come around to my knowledge of the game has ruined this run for me because yeah. otherwise, I like I enjoyed the game. I like I because, do think it's a it's a solid game 
Um, and it's again, its writing carries it to the fucking top. It's yeah, it's the one of the funniest fight, things I've ever played. I think but the total knowing... fight is is designed for you to kill to kill Toriel because like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil like one like sentence in Undertale. It's not it's not it's not huge. Um, but if you want to go into a blind, go into a blind. But this doesn't matter too much. But like the first uh, playthrough, the first playthrough I did, uh, which was like a, a neutral playthrough of Undertale. I remember I killed Torio, and I I, I killed whatever I, I killed, and I spared whatever I spared, and I got the same like neutral neutral thing. Mm-hmm. Second time going in, because uh, I had to go back in to capture footage for my video essay, I um, spared Torio, or no, I was talking to Torio, and like one of the things, one of the options was like. Do you want to tell Toriel that you killed her or that you saw her die? And I was like, wait, do I want to do what now? And like, on the the, the second playthrough of the game, really that like it kind of opens up in the sense that I don't know if you played Nier, but Nier does this thing where like the second playthrough and the third playthrough kind of change your perspective of the first playthrough. The second playthrough, like starting from the second playthrough of Undertale, like things things start to be, get interesting in the way that it pokes fun at itself in the way that it starts to reference things. And like, it does things like it, it, it assumes that you kill people. Um, it assumes that you did certain things on the neutral one because you have this absence of knowledge. I think the fact that I was, even I was messaging you, I was like, Hey, how are you playing this game? Or like, what, like, what are you doing? I think the, the, the fact that we had, that we had to have that conversation kind of ruins it a little, a, a, a little bit because I, I wish Undertale was designed smarter in the sense that it took those things into account. Like, I don't know. It 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 it, it, it kind of has certain expectations of you going in that yeah. like you're gonna go in blind and then play the game two more times, knowing to do a pass with and genocide, which you can't possibly do. Um, but yeah, play it again. Oh, I'm going to. I'm going to. I I I'm gonna do pacifist next, and then I'm gonna top it all off with genocide because I hate myself. And that's the other thing. Like just because of how long it's been around. I'm pretty sure I know what the, or at least like, who the end boss in the genocide is. I have no idea about anything for true pacifist, but I I know and I've seen like five seconds I think of the end boss in genocide and it just looks like a nightmare. And if mm-hmm. it's based off of the encounter that I think it's based off of that I came across in the neutral run, oh, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, I want to get into topics because we're running long and our topics are kind of meaty here. So uh, our first topic has to do with visceral, visceral studios being closed down by EA. Um, guess what? Visceral studios got closed down by EA. Uh, that's the studio that's working that was working on the Amy Hennig Star Wars game. Uh, Amy Hennig, of course, being uh, one of the uh, developers, one of the directors of Uncharted, the the Uncharted series. Um, very well known for her talents and uh yeah essentially i got their statement here i want to read part of their statement uh let me see which part of this is relevant let's see dang i don't want to read the whole thing because it's doing too much essentially you can okay here we go here we are it's not too long you can do it i'll read i'll start from the second paragraph our visceral studio has been developing an action-adventure title set in the Star Wars universe. In its current form, it was shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game, which is the funniest quote from this thing. 
Throughout the development process, we have been testing the game concept with players, listening to feedback about what and how they want to play, and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. It has become clear that to deliver an experience that player players will want to come back to and enjoy for for a long time to come, we needed to pivot design. Sorry, I have a mint in my mouth as I'm reading this, which is a very bad thing to do. We will maintain stunning visuals, authenticity in the Star Wars universe, and focus on bringing the Star Wars story to life. Importantly, we are shifting to the we're shifting the game to be a broader experience that allows for more variety and player agency, leaning into capabilities of our Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give players a Star Wars Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore. Um, then they say this move will lead to a few changes, and they kind of talk about how they're closing down the Visceral Studio and moving it. One of those uh, changes is that twenty people or twenty eight people lose their job. Two hundred people. Wow. Or like three hundred I... people, I think. That's a lot of people. Yeah, like it's a whole st- like that whole studio is closing down. Three hundred people, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's moving moving to the project's moving to EA Vancouver. Blah blah blah. But the I think the, the key. So there there there's a few things to unpack here. One of them is that it sucks that this game is being like or this studio is being canceled because this is like they a great studio. Like they studio. worked on like Dead Space. They worked on uh, what was the other? They worked on Battlefield Hardline. Which is a weird thing to reference, but they did. Um, but like the big, their big thing, their big, the big franchise they worked on was Dead Space. Claims of Fame, yeah, yeah, a single player story driven game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and it was a new IP too. Yeah, it, and it was um, that's wait, Dead Space or um, Death Star Space, Wars? Yeah, no, Dead Space. Dead Space. Oh, they started. Yeah, yeah, Dead Space when, when they started. Yeah, it was a, was a new IP. And then like also Amy Hennig, who you know is this great uh, director. Um, also, like, part of the studio. Um, people were looking forward to this game, and this game has kind of... They say shifted. This game is being canned and redone. It's gonna, it's not going to be the same game that we saw. And it's already, been, and it's already been canned once when Amy Hennig got added on. Yeah. The, are you talking about 1313? No, I'm talking about this this specific game. I don't think it's got canned before, because they didn't announce it until, like... When Amy, well, no, I'm saying this game, when when Amy Hennig came on, they, like, completely scrapped it, supposedly. Yeah. Well, they, they started when Amy Hennig came on came out uh, okay yeah like there was another game that got scrapped called star wars 1313 which is the exact same type of game um which i don't know i can't remember what studio was working on it I don't that know, was lucas arts it was lucas arts yeah before, before disney yeah in peace lucas arts and so that game got canned they then gave the gave the rights uh for for star wars to ea ea put visceral on the game brought on amy hennig they worked on it till now get the boot um yeah, and I guess I guess I'll just go because the, the the line I'm looking at right now, and it's the line that I said is Guys, funny. I'm sorry, to t- I'm sorry to break out the podcast, but the podcast is over. We're going to be pivoting to multiplayer video. OK Beast is now only pivoting. We are in a constant sh- uh, state of pivoting. <laughs> we're, we we're, are, we're dropping we, the video essays every Friday, and we're going to yeah, just do OK do Plays just, every plays. day. OK every Plays day. every single day. We're pivoting we're, to mo- – well, I mean, now that you, you make that joke, but I mean, like, that's what a Let's Play is, and, like, Let's Plays are the most popular thing on YouTube. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, I'm, tra- I'm trying to guys, actually pivot us to success right now. Guys, we're pivoting to multiplayer video. Yeah. That's, you know that's we, the meme. Our meme is I, the pivoting. <laughs> We were focused on making uh, things, or videos that you could learn from, and educational thoughtful. material and stuff. The stuff that was thoughtful, but 
uh, we realized that we actually uh, want to ruin everything, and uh, we're deleting the channel. We're and just going to be YouTube thirst traps channel. right now. That's what we're going to do. We're creating Vine accounts. Hey, yo, motherfuckers. Um, smash that <laughs> motherfucking like button right now. I swear to God, you don't smash that like button. I'm going to kill myself. That's what I'm going to do. Smash that like button. <laughs> it's, it's the end of October, and so that means we're going to stream five nights at Freddy's and Slender five right after. Five nights a week. Let's go. Yeah. So that's the biggest takeaway from this, I think, is that like they're pivoting from. Let me re- read their exact words. It was shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game, the thing all of you wanted, right? And yeah, then the guys that's like how they're changing anybody it. Anybody wanted. Yeah, and essentially what their words kind of translate to, and they, they say, um, um, let me not mince their words here. Uh, long time, of course linear adventure game why can't i find it i believe in you you got this little main something oh pivot um broader experience uh variety and player agency that could mean open world game what we know it means is games of service destiny stuff that like uh, they can make money off of over a longer period of time. I think somewhere in there, I don't think I read it, is they, they said that they wanted to make games that would, that would last longer. And that's yeah, become they, more of a trend in our industry lately. Yeah. And what I also want to point out is that Square Enix said something very slim, similar to this like last month. Um, they didn't cancel a game. They probably did internally, maybe. But they... Yeah. Yeah. The year is 2048. Yeah. Every single thing that you love is made on Patreon, and every big company only makes open open world multiplayer games that have loot boxes. Congratulations. This is the hell that we deserve. Do you guys yeah. have any, like, hot takes on this? Or maybe cold takes, because everybody's I mean, the, had a hot take, so they're all, like, I mean, the hot take. Now. the hot take already came from Jason Schreier, that, like, the whole thing with this game wasn't necessarily that, like, um, necessarily that it was a single player game the fact that it was being managed poorly and that possibly Amy Hennig was like losing control of the project also when you're working at a company that has that many people in it it's hard to kind of like gain focus in a project um, mm-hmm. yeah so that, that I heard that that's the hot take that was delivered to me from the internet um, yeah. but like I don't know there's the there's the visceral reaction that I have Jesus. Too soon. it's too soon no, Rest I'm. I wasn't. I'm I wasn't meaning. I'm, I wasn't trying to meme in a bad way. Um, where I'm just like, like th- there's that image going around where it's like, who would win in a fight? Uh, a multi-billion or a multi-million dollar company that has over 200 employees trying to make a Star Wars game or a small cup, and it's just Cuphead to the right of it. <laughs> and like, like the the answer may surprise you who would win. Um, and I feel like way. Cuphead is actually a perfect parallel to like how I feel about this issue. Is that like games that are really worthwhile and like uh, that have these amazing experiences are created by like most more often than not like smaller teams with and like companies that are much easier to control and aren't created by these giant husks of like these giant husk companies like ea and like 2k and shit like that where all their only their only thing that they care about is making money so obviously ea a company that cares about making money is going to make a loot box game like Mm. are you fucking surprised like I'm surprised Visceral didn't get shut up, shut down earlier. That's that's my hot take. Yeah, I think the thing that the, I think the thing that hurts is that they came out and they made the statement. Like they they canceled the game number one, and they didn't say cancel. They say pivot, but they might as well just say cancel. And like cancel. they came out and said that, and they came out like they came out 
quote unquote honest because we don't really, based on what Jason Schreier say, it's hard to really gauge. But quote unquote, possibly honestly, and say that like, hey, we don't want to make a single player linear game, even though this is what you want from this game. Um, we're gonna make Destiny, or we're gonna make something that can get us more money. Um, which I I think from a company standpoint, from a business standpoint, totally I think it makes, yeah. makes sense and it's fair. It just sucks that we knew this game existed and it's being taken away from but us you a can, second time. But, but couldn't you, in theory, have that with like GTA Five is is eating its cake? Yeah, because of online, whatever it's whatever it's whatever it's doing. I, I forget the exact analogy, but um, or the mm. quote. Having but its like, cake and eating it too. Having its cake and eating it too. So couldn't couldn't they continue with this project and then also make a sub multiplayer thing like GTA Five Online and make just as much money? Like I don't think I don't think they could because like Rockstar is a company that th- they create money, they print money over at Rockstar, and their budgets for those games are just so high. And their their games are these like. GTA but is like return, an open but world. Their RO, but their ROI is like crazy intense. Like they make millions upon millions upon millions yeah. of dollars because their product is so good. Yeah, but their, pro- their their product is like it's not it, it is it isn't like a single player linear experience though. Like their products are, but it was packaged and one. It's not GTA isn't linear. G- I mean GTA has a story, right? Yeah, that's not it's 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 an open world story that like people and people who are playing GTA. The last thing people go to is the story. The first thing people do is starting from GTA Three and even like the first GTAs. The the, people will jump into those games for the openness and like the world and just Uh, doing super sandbox stuff. Um, And nowadays, like GTA on GTA Five is selling, still selling. It's the greatest game, or not the greatest game, the best selling game of all time because of GTA Online and them continuously supporting that and that being a phenomenon, especially on like YouTube and stuff. Yeah, but also, like, linear games have had packaged in multiplayer that has totally, like, made games even more profitable. Yeah, like, like I, well, I think, I, well, I, re- I read something... I want examples. I, th- I think, uh, I think Patrick wrote something for Patrick Klepek. Patrick Klepek. Like, on a first name basis? Patrick Klepek, sorry, uh, <laughs> over at Waypoint. A uh, friend, Pat. He, he wrote something about... Mi hermano uh, Patricio. Oh, my Jesus Christ. Let me live. <laughs> um, Patrick Klepek over at Waypoint, the senior reporter at Waypoint, wrote a thing about uh, what this was indicative of for single-player games. And the thing that he mentioned was um, Uncharted's uh, packages in multiplayer that mm-hmm. had totally had microtransactions, was totally kind of like a shoehorned-in thing, but it worked. And it made, yeah, but that it, it made, uh, that, it made the game even more profitable. I... I... It didn't become. It didn't become more the profitable the profitable that they want. It's not Destiny profitable. It is single player game with with a multiplayer mode with microtransactions pop yes, profitable. But also which is not like the same a thing that is integral to the problem with like what you're saying is totally right. Yes, mm-hmm. Uncharted brings in like the people who play on a Sony system. Like it's already limiting like its share of the market in terms of what it can do financially. But you know what has crazy, like, crazy reach? Mm. Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars and has game, the crazy that, reach, that game and gonna, it's not that game limited was to sell. a platform. That could have totally had the linear story and could have had fucking loot boxes out the ass in its, in its multiplayer, and it totally could have been more profitable. Y'all are gonna make, okay, y'all are going to make me devil's advocate here and make me defend EA, even though I, I don't want to. 
that you're, game. You already that came game, around on Ubisoft. You might as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I before this, I didn't even have much of a problem with EA. And after this, I'm like, I still don't have a problem with EA specifically. I just have a problem with business. Um, imagine you're saying imagine like a Star a Star Wars single player like linear experience like we wanted with a multiplayer mode that was like in the model of like un- the Uncharted multiplayer. I had like microtransactions, loot boxes, and all that stuff. Like that game was Soul Gangbusters, which I agree with because it's a multi platform Star Wars game. Um, imagine Star Wars Destiny. Like imagine Destiny. But Star Wars. Imagine how much that would sell. Because look up look look at the amount that Destiny sells. Look at the amount of money people are spending on a on a Destiny game. Look at the expansions that people are buying for it. Then look then add in like the multi platform Star Wars franchise part of it. Like I I I I think it's a like it's a period thing that like games as service games make more money than uh, single player linear experiences. Period. Even if you do want to tack on multiplayer to it. Because because the model is just different and like they're set up for continual like hey we're gonna get money from you every three months new expansion we're gonna get money from you every whatever we're gonna release something and you're gonna pay for it and we're gonna get money from you, um, and like had, a, had an example that I, that just slipped my mind, but yeah like I don't know I don't I mean does that I mean no, do you guys disagree or no no I get that like. The, that's the thing. Like, I totally get everything about it. I get mm-hmm. it as a business move. Oh, I'll, I remember it's what I was just, gonna say. Actually, it's the worst fucking. I was gonna. I was gonna say that like that studio is also a studio that is not like set up to just add a multiplayer uh, uh, experience in. Like, if that studio multiplayer is, experiences get shoehorned in by uh, other studios all the yeah, time. Yeah, but if it's if it's shoehorned in, it's not gonna be good. The Uncharted multiplayer last one's multiplayer is gonna be money, good. Clearly, yeah, but if it's bad, people aren't gonna people aren't gonna put money into it and buy microtransactions transactions it has to be, people the reason why uncharted works with a tech well with a multiplayer mode is because it's not tacked on it's actually good people actually enjoy it same with I, gta I, if I, gta yeah, online I'm a fan of the uncharted multiplayer so that's that's a moot point for me I'm, i actually agree i don't like uncharted multiplayer either but people do like people i remember when uncharted 3 came out i was shocked at how many people were were uh revering the uncharted 3 multiplayer i don't know if it's the same with 4 4 because I haven't heard as many people talk about four as multiplayer. Four but I think was people... pretty much the same. The same people who liked Uncharted multiplayer before liked Uncharted yeah. four multiplayer. They didn't really reinvent the wheel in any sense. Yeah, but people do love like people do love those multiplayer modes. Yeah. Um. But you can't just like if you tack if you tack it on, it's not gonna work because it's not gonna be good. I don't think. I think if you shop it around to, because okay, um. The first Medal of Honor game, when they rebooted to be, like, present day. Single player was made by Danger Close Games, which later became EALA and then got mm-hmm. shut down. Um, but so, their their multiplayer component was uh, shopped out to mm-hmm. DICE. And DICE made a far superior multiplayer product to the single player product. So, so you can totally that- shop. And then DICE is owned mm. by EA. Like, DICE could have totally been... Sure, they already do Star Wars Battlefront. I don't think it's too far like beyond their capabilities to m- make something novel out of that. Like they are, they've they already have mm-hmm. everything. In so place. take resource, take resources, and put more money because it's gonna it's gonna cost a lot more money to put to put resources from even a different studio that that wants to focus on whatever they're doing. Take resources, put them into putting a doing a multiplayer mode, spend more more money adding a multiplayer mode that's not going to make near as much money as you could canceling the game and making Star Wars Destiny. 
Okay, here's the inherent problem with this this line of thought is that video games are like part interactive medium and then also part art and also part product. So mm -hmm. like when you get into a situation where the companies obviously their primary thing is to is to make the most profit and the way to make the most profit is ends up being a a shitty practice for consumers that and also a shitty thing for the the space in general you get into this weird debate where like obviously the company is going to do what's best for the company to stay afloat right and but then obviously we as gamers want want experiences that are diverse and that are crafted to be a certain way that aren't just the same game every single time like oh this game is just a game with loot boxes this game is like blank destiny this game is like blank overwatch like that's obviously the divide that we have here and that's the biggest problem i wasn't joking when i said the year is 2024 every single thing you like is made on patreon and then every big company makes a game that's just destiny or overwatch with loot boxes that's it like mm -hmm. that's the future we're gonna look at whether whether or not that's whether or not that's like entirely a joke or partially a joke like this past year shows that you know if you put loot boxes in a game it'll make the game more profitable thus will be better for the company mm -hmm. so every company will try and do their best to make a game or to create a system in which they can get loot boxes or microtransactions to be more acceptable so there you go yeah i think because i think loot boxes are gonna go are, are gonna go away so i know, I know you think that they're gonna they're, they're gonna stay around um, um you're completely wrong like 100 percent i'll I, yeah. I bet my money i think they're that. Yeah, I think they're going to go away soon. It's basically because this year has shown that people, I think people are vocal enough and like they've only become a huge thing this year. People this year are vocal enough that they're, I, I, they're vocal with their mouth, but they're also paying that fucking money. Yeah, but I think people are, are vocal enough that it, 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 it is bad. It has become bad PR to include loot boxes in your game, especially in your single player game. And they, but people, there's, but there's also successful, like there's success stories out of that. There's, there, there are actual there are actual games yeah. that have handled loot boxes in a way that's not just profitable for the company but also yeah. is just not, a non-intrusive yeah no loot box i think games i don't i don't mind loot boxes too much like overwatch I, does great yeah loot boxes. i really don't care for loot boxes loot boxes if they're handled well fine what yeah. happened is that a, a major game this fall, or at least like two or three actually, well, a lot of major have games completely this fall mishandled them. Mishandled them, yeah. And I think people are vocal about seeing that because I think loot boxes, them being a new thing, and them being tacked on to games, and those games mishandling them, and people seeing that and identifying loot boxes as the issue will then in turn turn the idea of hey, there's loot boxes in this game. It'll turn that into bad PR. And companies will see that and see that, oh, we announced our game. Why is this this ne negative reaction? Oh, it's because there's loot boxes. It's the same way that Call of Duty got to the point where people were like, we don't want future in our games anymore. We don't want these future Call of Duty shooters. Okay, cool. We'll take it back to World War II. I think it'll be a similar thing with loot boxes uh, in like a wide in like a, a wide masses sort of way. There'll still be microtransactions, of course, but I think they'll go back to like, hey, buy, buy an upgrade point for $2 or whatever. Um, but what I was going to say before that like, I don't think single player games... I, th I think games as, as service games and multiplayer games and uh, these games that are meant to last longer, I think they're becoming more and more popular. I don't think single-player games are going anywhere. Like, I think we'll, all, uh, we'll always have single-player games. The reason I say that is because when every game becomes a games as service, people are then super hungry for a single-player game, and then pe and pe and developers need to feed that hunger, right? If you're in a, if you're in a sphere where 70% of games are games as service games, we already are in a space where like seventy five percent of the most popular games. If are you're games in a space where ninety five percent of games are are, are <laughs> games and service games, right? People are paying. People are buying single player games like crazy. Then and then people will see that reaction, and be like, oh, okay, we have to put out more single player games because people are thirsty for single player games. 
Um, but the argument, the argument to that mm-hmm. is that even if you do sell a million copies of Game X, you're still making about half that money in the microtransactions in the games of service game. Yeah, but when you have so many games of service games, people only have so much money, and there are only so many people in the world. Even though we're actually we're actually growing in terms of population, but people like games of service games cannot sustain themselves if every game if every game is a games of service game, right? Like it's it's like how you can only have. Well, that's a bad example. I was gonna say you can only have uh, Dota and League of Legends and however many MOAs we have because Dota, but that's Dota, a bad example. League, you have Dota, League, Overwatch, uh, Horizon is now a driving game. That's a, a pay to service. You have Destiny. You oh, Forza. Have, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I was like, talking about MOAs specifically. Have, like, every genre has one now. Like, yeah, but I also stand by my thing. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah, I don't know. I think single player, a single. I I still think single player games are here are here to stay for the reason I said that like you can only have so many of these games. Oh, I don't think but, that I don't think that they're going to be going away a hundred percent. But I'm saying mm-hmm. there there is a possibility in the future that we have a, a situation where like the biggest companies are only making games as services, and then these these smaller experiences that are yeah. single player go from being twenty hours long. Like the Fractured But Whole goes from being twenty hours long to like five hours long. Which and I like wish it was five player. hours long. I'm also that's, I'm, what, that's what I'm saying though. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that's the future we're getting to is that there are games that are infinity hours long, and then the games that you really want to play are like five, two to five hours long, made for about like one fourth the budget and one fourth mm-hmm. the people. And part of me, part of me is looking forward to that future. Now that was, was going to be my next point is that like another reason why single player games will always be here is of course because like in. Yeah, because like the the indie games. Sorry, you just like spoke really slowly on my on my Google Hangout. <laughs> yeah, just threw really. me off. Yeah, <laughs> I was. You were just like uh, he he got all robotic too. It, it was really freaky. Yeah, I was like, what the heck is happening right now? Um, we have the indie space and we have the double A space, quote unquote, with games like Hellblade. I think like that's kind of what you're alluring to is that we'll see more games like Hellblade, more games like uh maybe even like Ghost Story or, or Stardew Valley or like get. Games that are single player but shorter or lower budget and all this stuff, right? But I I still think we'll see triple A triple A single player games, but they might be smaller scale. I don't know. Even in this year that we've that we've seen a large transition towards games and service games, we've gotten more single player games that I can never remember having having in a year, right? We've got Horizon, Persona, we got Zelda, we have Mario coming out, we've had like I said, Hellblade, Shadow of War uh south park and i i can go on like i don't i think people are are being somewhat alarmist because the industry because there's a new industry industry trend a trend i think is going to stay but also a trend that i don't think is inherently bad like i think games and service games are awesome we all here love destiny right like we all Mm. here love you play you play mobas right i love mobas yeah you love overwatch Mm. You looking at me or him? You you like Destiny and Overwatch, Ian. You love Overwatch. We I played play Overwatch it. for a year. You did a podcast about Overwatch. You can't <laughs> lie and say you don't like Overwatch. We have the I receipts, it, Ian. I, we have I the receipts. Under, I did it under duress. There's no proof that I actually wanted to be there. <laughs> and you like Destiny. You did a raid. You you got to like level two, whatever. I like, barely participated in that raid. I, that raid took me less than an hour. And I what just level? What's your power level in Destiny? Two ninety one. There you go. No, two ninety five. That's like sorry. at least like eighty hours. Like that's like a that's a. It's that's really a, not. I got that in. It might less you than might just not have noticed that time going by. Or actually, you said you did the you said you, uh, blasted the raid. So maybe not 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 that long. But you put enough time in Destiny to put in two ninety to get to power level two ninety five, which is a symbol that like we like these games, 
right? We hate microtransactions, but we like these types of games that have like a long tail. I mean, I wouldn't even say I don't necessarily hate microtransactions. I, like I really don't. I yeah. it's been it's been mishandled recently, but I yeah, I really bad. don't. I mean, I hate I hate microtransactions, but that's a whole different conversation. This conversation is actually getting kind of kind of long. But do you get do we have anything else to to add to this conversation or? I'm just very nope. sad that there's not a single player Star Wars game. Yeah, I think that's the that's the biggest takeaway is that we're all sad about Star Wars in visceral I, closing. Like I I just I understand the move and it just saddens me that that was the move that was made. That's that's about that's about the gist of it. Like a Star Wars Destiny game, sure, like that sounds cool, but it's just it's not what I want. It's what the market wants, and as a as a company, like mm-hmm. they need they need to make that money. Like I don't hold anything against them in that regard. It's just. It's a shame a thing that I was I, I was gonna say that I loved, but I I didn't know what the fuck this game was. A game that I was looking forward to had to like get shut down. And then more than that, like yeah, mm-hmm. it was mishandled. A whole studio just lost their jobs because these guys couldn't like get it together. Cause yeah, Jason Trier has been saying, like, despite all the hot takes about oh, it's becoming like it's becoming a destiny game, it wasn't actually that like it wasn't that that motivated them so much to shut it to shutter their project yeah. allegedly was, though, we don't know for sure yeah according no, to jason I, yeah, yeah. J- jason Trier's pretty i believe good jason with his though sources. because he's yeah. he's yeah he's nostradamus yeah so but yeah apparently like there was there was a struggle realizing the vision for the game which is why yeah. all the assets are now being taken because the assets are done it, it was just making the assets work together that wasn't happening mm-hmm. so now that's all being reformatted into a different game a game that maybe i'll play a game that maybe i won't because i hate what had to happen to make it happen but yeah i made hella jokes on twitter about it because yeah, i'm really like, glad you refrained from quoting yourself on the show <laughs> I, oh, oh, I was going to but i put it into my point about star wars destiny and how like we would play star wars destiny right like am i crazy or will we not play De- star wars Destiny? actually ian doesn't like star wars that much or you're not passionate about star wars are you? It's a podcast. You have to say something. I can't something. see you. Say oh, something. Oh no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I could give. <laughs> He's I could shaking give his head like people can. Too. I could give. I could give less of a fuck about a Star Wars Destiny game. Yeah. Boys, do you like Star Wars? I love Star Wars. Okay, uh, so we will play Star Wars Destiny. You uh, let me. The turn, Death Raid Raid or Death that. Star Raid. There's, there's turn his R2. camera toward. Why do you have an R two D two in your room, life sized? Uh, my friend Nerd. got it for me for Christmas. Cause she's also Nerd. a really big Star Wars fan. But yeah, so like we're 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 gonna have a fire team in Star Wars Destiny. Um, I, w- I wonder what they're gonna call that. I I'm begrudgingly going to go into this next topic, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because there's not. It's a pretty open and shut case, to be honest. Yeah, like Johnson. There's not a discussion to be had around it. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah. Um. So Naughty Dog right has sexual um harassment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naughty Dog has sexual. Like <laughs> Naughty Dog has se- sexual uh, harassment uh, allegations from this dude on Twitter, or not this dude on Twitter, but a previous developer from. I'll just read his statement. David Ballard <laughs> put out a statement saying, "In late 2015, I was sexually harassed at Naughty Dog by a lead. My work environment became extremely toxic afterward. In February 2016, I had a mental breakdown at work, and Sony PlayStation P- uh, HR became involved." When I told them about the harassment, they ended the call and fired me the next day. They cited the company was moving in a different direction and my job was no longer needed. 
They tried to silence me by offering $20,000 if I signed a letter agreeing to the termination as well as to not discuss it with uh, with anyone. I declined to sign. I have been unemployed for 17 months since. When interviewers asked why I left Naughty Dog, I say I was burnt out by the crunch. Ashamed to get to the root of the problem of being sexually harassed. I'm speaking out now because of the strength I've seen in others coming forward about their experiences in the TV slash film industry. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. I will not let anyone kill my drive or love for the video game industry, my passions, or life. Uh, Naughty Dog responded quickly <clears throat> the next morning, which was uh, Sunday morning. I think he tweeted that stuff out on Saturday. This yeah. stuff came out on Sunday. Uh, Naughty Dog responded, We have recently read on social media that an ex-employee of Naughty Dog, Dave Ballard, claims he was sexually harassed when he when he worked at Naughty Dog. We have not found any evidence of having received allegations from Mr. Ballard that he was harassed in any way fuck, at Naughty Dog or Sony that. Um, Interactive you, Entertainment. Dog. Harassment and inappropriate conduct have no place at Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment. We have taken and always will take reports of sexual harassment and other workplace grievances very seriously. We value every single person who works at Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment. It is of utmost importance to us uh, that we maintain a safe, productive workplace environment that allows us all to channel our shared passion for making games. And so those are the two statements. Part of me, so when I was putting together this document, and I think I even told Moises that like I don't really want to speculate, and I even put it, I put it in the document that like I just want to read the 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 stuff and go on. But I deleted that stuff, and I'm gonna I'm gonna open this up too if you guys want to talk about it because I figure this is OKB's podcast. We talk about stuff, right? Like, I don't want to be freaking, hey, we're too scared to say anything we want. And so, like, do you, any of you guys have any comments about this? Yep. Off the bat. What's up? Fuck Naughty Dog. That's, like, the only... There's no... There is no other side to the argument. Like, they... Reread the, re-read the thing where they say, we did not find any evidence of an application to for harassment. But they don't comment at all about how he was fired or anything like that. They, they, they could have easily said if they had the thing like as to why his termination, like what the clause was, right? They could have easily said that. Maybe there's like a legal ramification. It, yeah, I was going to say, that's not, but, I don't think that's on them to but, put out to the but public. But what I'm saying is that like that this was done in less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And to compare it to something with Polygon, right? When the whole thing with, with Nick Robinson came out, there was an immediate thing where like we're looking into this. He's suspended until we can find any like like – defensible proof that he didn't do any of this stuff and then once once things were figured out like a week or two later he was fired right Mm -hmm. like you can't find like the exact story you can't know everything about the situation in 24 hours or less on a fucking weekend when no one's there fuck that fuck you like like and the fact that they're putting this out like oh we here in naughty dog feel like there's no problem with sexual harassment we also we looked at our files you know those things we have and you know nothing was there so everything's all great like fuck you fuck mm-hmm. off and don't even fucking bother writing any letter and you know what fuck um neil Druckmann for posting something like oh this is the message like an important message yeah, from you know us. what this is exactly yeah this I is remember, the message I, I from saw us this tweet read the message i was pretty i was very disappointed by an important fuck, message for us and then re- then reading fuck that. off dude my like, read from it from naughty dog and i'm gonna play I, I i hate 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 even the idea of playing devil's advocate for any sexual harassment type stuff because i think as far as far as when sexual harassment allegations come up right like i always have to we i think we always have to take the uh the uh, abusee 
is that the right word? The victim. The person, the, the victim, right? At, thanks, at the thanks word, Moises. Someone who is right? five years younger than Blessing and who hasn't. Moises is three yet. years old. Three years younger than me. Three years older than me. And I, I, I major in communications. I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> continue. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we should always take the victim at the word, right? And trust that, uh, not, not, not immediately shut them out, right? To me, like, to play a, a version of a devil's advocate for Naughty Dog, because I don't want to come out and be like, David Ballard is wrong, he's lying, or whatever. I think Naughty Dog's statement sounds like a bunch of, like, legalese. Like, I don't think this is something that came from Naughty Dog rather than from, like, Sony, right? Because Naughty Dog's owned by Sony, if I remember this correctly. And this sounds like, hey, Naughty Dog is a studio with very much high regard and very much, like, people look up to Naughty Dog. And to leave uh, Dave's statement up in the air... Um, and for them not to respond to it, which I don't, I I might I might even prefer a non-response than this response, um, to leave the allegations up 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 in the air. I think would reflect badly on the company because they want to come out and, and keep that. Hey, we're not a dog. We're awesome. You guys love us, right? And then for them to come out with this statement, which is which isn't the statement of hey, we're gonna look into it, which is, would be the correct statement. I don't know why they wouldn't make that statement, even if it is like a legal thing. Which isn't the statement of like, hey, we're gonna look, we're gonna look into it, to this, we're gonna study, it, or we're gonna interview people, we're gonna get to the bottom of this, we're gonna investigate. Instead, they're like, hey, like we looked at our documents, we did, we didn't do it, right? Uh, and I think given the language, given the way it's written, given all that stuff, given even even the speed of it, it sounds like, hey, we're gonna on a fucking on a give this fucking legal Sunday. team. No one is at fucking work yeah. on a goddamn Sunday. But that's why I think like, I don't that's why I don't think it's a naughty dog thing. I think this is Sony being like, "Hey, our legal team even, is going to no, draft this up for that's you." That's not even in, that's not that's even like one even if we do that one conceit, right? That it's a Sony thing. That's it is more on the impetus of a larger company. They have more responsibility, especially a multi-billion-dollar company like Sony, to say, "Hey, we are one of the biggest companies in the world, or, or in this space. How about we mm-hmm. take responsibility and say, hey, listen, we're looking into this. We're going to take care of this. If this is true, then we're going to take care of it to the largest extent of the law, and we're going to make sure that all people that were involved in this in a negative way are, are removed. But instead, the company gonna company and is going to be as insular as possible and protect its own and not." take the appropriate actions to defend those who the victims who are in the company that that they're at like imagine if okay beast is a large company and there's hundreds of people working here there's thousands of people working here and there's sexual harassment and then instead of actually doing anything about it we just fired the person that was the victim how does that make the other people in that company feel it makes them feel worthless it makes them feel expendable and like that's this is the message that is being sent in the gaming space to people who work on games and by the way you don't make a lot of fucking money working on a game even even at naughty dog so, like, if you're an environmental designer or if you're someone working on a game and you go and your dream is to work at fucking at Bungie or at, like, whatever, at these other small, even at a smaller studio, well, guess what? The space that you work in is fucking toxic as fuck. And even the people at the highest ladder who should have the most responsibility don't give a fuck about you. They're going to they're gonna sell loot boxes and they're going to take your fucking money. And then, guess what? They're going to fucking take the clothes off your back and then fire you after. So, fuck you. Fuck the little guy. This is the most disheartening statement for, I, I haven't even experienced sexual harassment, but like this is fucking disgusting. And like Naughty Dog, fuck you, and fuck you, Sony by extension. Eat a dick. Sweet, Moises. I mean, I you don't had, have to say anything. <laughs> I ha- I had some thoughts, but uh, Ian pretty much nailed it. Like, I I read it on like on the way to work, and like it it 
put like a bad taste in my mouth for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just it's not good. Yeah. It doesn't And like everybody has said already all the points that I have which is on a weekend there's no thorough investigation going on. If a thorough investigation had been announced and something came out of it, like what I, what I ultimately think would have happened is that m- maybe if they found something indicating that yes, David was sexually harassed and then they swept it under the rug then they just look bad for earlier negligence and so out of fear that they would have looked bad doing that they picked an even worse thing to do which was just completely dismiss the fact that this guy may have been sexually harassed instead they just said yeah basically like fuck you we we didn't bother actually looking into this and that's the other thing um there's well, no, here's the, wait, there's, no, there's not even that. a paper trail to like, yeah, the, yeah it's all on phone. It's, yeah. it's a phone call that then they hung up and then he was just fired the next day. So there's, and on like, top of, and on top of that, like there's, there's the even larger thing where like, obviously they're not going to say that we're going to look into it because they already fucking know about it. Right. Like yep. that's the thing is that they already offered him a $20,000 settlement deal to not say anything. So the fact that this is their response is even more shitty. Cause they're like, Oh, well we looked into it and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no wonder well, no, it took you such a short happen, time to turn that around because you. you already fucking knew this shit. So like, fuck you and fuck off. Like, like I when I when I first read uh, David's thing, like I I texted the group chat like, oh this, like I'm I, like Naughty Dog is fucking dead to me, and then like I, like an idiot, I I then said started like, playing Uncharted Four. Yeah, like I was just like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, and it was just like, why the fuck. You know, like, I, even I, like, I was an asshole, and, like, this guy came forward about it, and I was just like, mm. this sucks. I'm still not even going to do the smallest shit about it. And now, like... Video games, video games yeah. are now blood diamonds. But I I think it's companies in general. Like, and like it's not it's not a Naughty Dog issue. It that's is not a, an excuse, though. It's, well, you not, what, I'm not, I'm not really saying it's an excuse. You know what really pisses me off? Oh, it's what you just said. You said, but but com- but it's a company. Like no, that's not no, to... no, 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 no. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said it is a company thing. It's not a Naughty Dog thing. What I mean by that is that Naughty Dog isn't the only company that has issues with sexual harassment. I'm not saying that like Naughty Dog's a company, therefore they're they're gonna sexually harass people. No, I'm saying that like like you can you can uh, uh, boycott Naughty Dog, right? But every like sexual harassment is an issue everywhere. It's not a is 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 like are we going to are we going to boycott every single company in existence for a for a for a sexual harassment thing? If I like, if I didn't have to report on things in the games industry, then yeah, I fucking could. Yeah, if like, I if I would, I could. Are you, you going to stop using your? Are you going like to stop using your laptop? Are you going to do it? Like we mm-hmm. should. Like it should. It should never be a thing of like. I'm not well, saying we're that you pigeonholed should... into doing this thing. So obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not going to like stand up for my morals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying you shouldn't stand up for your morals. I'm not saying that if a company disappoints you, that you shouldn't boycott them. I'm saying sexual harassment is a thing that happens at all companies, like at all big companies, I mean, not all companies because there's small companies, medium sized companies, whatever. At all, at companies the size of Sony, companies the size of Naughty Dog, right? It is, it is a thing, right? Like, and I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally down if a company disappoints you, and even in the case of Naughty Dog, where they had this response right that is disappointing and you because you sent that you you sent the i'm disappointed or like the f naughty dog thing whatever you said the day like the like the minute that dave ballard's yeah, tweet like came out I not even not tweet. even not even like when not even when naughty dog's response came out if naughty dog's response came out and you're like 
oh now I'm boycotting Dada, Dada. Like, oh, yeah cool right it was the I was it was at the point of oh I got sexually harassed sexually harassed whatever that you were like I'm not I'm I, I, f naughty dog to which to which my response is like it happens everywhere it's an issue like like everywhere right and we can boycott literally everything that's a possibility but I don't know if that's it that's I don't know if that's the solution. Like, I, I think well, there are other solutions. I think solutions are, like, coming out. People, What people have been doing for the last week of, like, coming out and being honest about what Dave Ballard did, about is coming out and being like, hey, this is what happened to me. This is my experience with it. Or, like, donating to donating to causes that are don't, do, donating to stuff that can help out with this kind of thing or, or bringing awareness that, like, hey, this is an issue. I think that's something we could do. We could do. I don't think boycotting every company that has sexual harassment cases is going to help anything because are you going to boycott literally everything? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that sentiment, but like the thing that I guess frustrated me the most as someone who enjoys video games is that like, when you're the like it's the whole harvey weinstein thing all over again right like this guy owns a company that like makes tons of movie stars makes tons of movies that are super popular and like this person that's supposed to be the lead at like the forefront of this industry is turns out to be a garbage human that should know not not only not be in power but has been abusing people for years people knew about it and people swept it under the rug. And now here we are again, less than a fucking week later. And now in our space that we're very connected to you, very close with, right? We see, mm-hmm. oh, hey, it's another thing where an industry leader, Naughty Dog, a game company that supposedly everyone loved. Like, oh, this is, look, I love Sly Cooper. I love Uncharted. I love this. I love Last of Us. And guess what? Like, those people do the exact same thing. And it's just disappointing that, like, like we couldn't, at, like, they couldn't take a moment and just be like, hey, and just be thoughtful for like a fraction of a second and just do the thing that Polygon did and say, hey, listen, we're looking into it. We're going to take it very seriously. They did mm-hmm. the exact opposite where they said, we already looked into it. Fuck off. The guy doesn't work for us anymore. Don't, don't, don't call me anymore, essentially. And like, that's, and they, they couldn't. I completely they, agree. What, that's disappointing. What they did was, what they did was the equivalent of saying, I did my homework and then just like scribbling on a piece of paper. Like they did the minimum amount they, of effort and it shows. Like they don't give a shit at all about it. It's legal. It's legal. It's, it's all legal stuff is what is, is what they did. And I, and I wish they didn't come out and say it publicly. I wish they just were, if they're going to be like, Hey, we're going to lock down the doors on this so that we don't get in trouble. I wish they didn't say anything because the the reason why they're coming out and being so cold about it is the fact that like if they start if they start an, inv- an, an, an investigation right like they've already ba- they've already fired Dave, Dave Ballard where are they going to investigate like the fact the, the fact that they com- they did it wrong oh hey guys it turns out we were wrong like we fired him now he can come and sue us for everything we have like I which like, which he has every right to do if yeah, this like he, actually like, happened yeah. in my if, workplace if, if I'm trying to him, take he, every fucking dime if this happened to him then he should do it right but like. What's not what's Naughty Dog to do, right? Come out and be like, hey, yeah, you're right. You, we were like, this this happened. Like, come sue us. Like, Naughty Naughty Dog no, as a company, they, as a company they, that's owned by do, Sony. They if do he the was, he was still, if he was still, why would they do the investigation? Because you, if you work, what's, what's, if you work what, at a, for Naughty for, Dog, for what empl- good is coming for to employee, come out of that investigation? For employee health. Like you're now, now everyone that works there, like imagine being. So for employee uh, health, they come out there or. I don't, they do I don't an internal investigation. Yeah. I, but what, I, I think and, it and does what, for sure. If, if you come out and say you're going to do an internal investigation, you're just going to come out and say, Hey, 
we're we're going to interview people if we find anything we're still not going to say anything because guess what we're not going to get sued for everything we have because we're well, saying no you find you do the investigation mm-hmm. you find out who did it you fire that person and then now guess what now you're now guess what you're in, in trouble industry. guess what you're, you're, but, you're dave ballard comes and takes everything you have because guess i'd because, rather that happen than than what we're yeah, having but doing Naughty, Dog, right Naughty Dog doesn't want that to happen that's, well, they that's, that's why fucking, I'm... they shouldn't they shouldn't have fired him in the first place swept his exactly. sexual harassment under the rug yeah and like but what i'm saying is when you've already fucked up i guess i'm not surprised that they continue to fuck up on a mm. massive level at the hr department whoever's working at sony's hr department or naughty dog's hr department fucking quit because you suck i 100 i, I if, if dave valley are too true i 100 i 100 agree the difference between this and the polygon stuff is that uh uh, what's his name? Nick Robinson was still working at Polygon, right? It's not like Poly. It's not like Nick Robinson got somebody else fired. Like somebody came came up, reported Nick Robinson, they fired that person. No, they caught Nick Robinson like red handed or whatever, and then they, and they were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do an internal investigation because that doesn't reflect badly on Polygon that much. That reflects badly on Nick Robinson, right? Nick Robinson well, it reflects, gets the punishment. It, it reflects not- badly on Polygon for continuing to allow him to be employed while this was continuing to happen. Even even though that's kind of like unfair, they don't, because they don't like, know. Apparently, he's in, he's saying, in uh, DMs. Was, they don't know. It was like it was one of the things where it was like a it was like a known secret. Like people in the community, apparently, like uh, tons of people knew about it. Like every girl in the video game industry knew about it. And apparently, also in referencing. Yeah, but- that mm-hmm. there was a there was a, a journalist that came out and uh, said that she interacted with um naughty dog executives and th- she was looking for a comment i don't know if anyone else saw this but I, mm-hmm. it was it was posted pretty recently and uh she posted a screen cap um and said um that when she reached out for a comment one of the ea executives said oh do you have do you fuck uh do you fuck uh the people you interview like people on house of cards and started to laugh at her and her response was, this is why people don't come out for sexual harassment, and this is one of the reasons why Naughty Dog Naughty is Naughty in its Dog? current situation. And I'm saying, this is this is a reporter, a games mm-hmm. reporter journalist, referencing an EA, or sorry, not an EA executive, a Naughty Dog a Naughty executive, Dog. Yeah. and their comment to her. So, like, imagine fucking working at a place, like, it, and you have to talk to these people every fucking day. I'm I don't, not surprised. I saw, I, I, I forget what, what podcast I listen to, but there were some, there are other reporters that were, like, looking into Naughty Dog, and they are saying that, like, they're interviewing coworkers and coworkers were saying that they were blindsided that they they knew that he that and this and this is me not like I'm not co-signing anything right now but this is the, there were reporters saying that like his coworkers were like blindsided by the whole whole situation saying that like he seemed like out of it like his last days but they didn't, they didn't like get any like kind of inclination of anything any kind of sexual harassment going on so like do you know who else was blindsided griffin mcelroy and everyone else at polygon who yeah found out the that polygon that you just that you just that you just serial, said that a serial abuser you just said the opposite thing though that people at polygon were aware and that polygon should take responsibility well no i'm saying not people at not people at the highest level of polygon i'm saying people at other publications like, like if you listen to the waypoint like people at other publications thing, knew but people at griffin and like the p- people who work with them on a daily basis didn't know maybe they i don't know again it's hard to say yeah. now but i think what i'm what i'm tra- kind of trying to get at is that like? Well, I don't even know what I was trying to get at uh, just now, but I, I think a, a part of You're what I'm trying what, to get what at is that benefit, what does it benefit Naughty Dog doing an investigation now because the, the yeah, that was problem what, that causes all this is already gone and they have they don't they, they don't, don't have owe nothing good, anything yeah nothing good comes of this for, uh, for them and I mean nothing the only the only thing that comes of this actually is like devastation for them right and so like that's and why I think they, they deserve to, like, it. If this is if this yeah. is real, then they deserve it. If if this is real, then yeah, they one hundred percent deserve See, it. I don't, okay, they don't the want that for themselves, though. Bless, I get every single thing you you're saying, like every every single thing you're saying makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
but it just also makes sense from like a singular standpoint. You, like I know you're not I know you're not saying like oh they just shouldn't have like you know nothing should have come of this like this this should not be taken seriously or whatever. Like I know you're not trying to say any of that. I just wish like I wished we held companies like liable like you I I wish the monetary value behind like what they do was not valued as much as like just m- like moral standing you know like they come out they say they launched an investigation they find out that yes there had, there was paperwork that revealed that like this happened somebody or a, a body of people were negligent and then they fired this guy like i get mm-hmm. that that reeks of nothing but like devastation for that company and like for because that company gets sued yeah and like, i get it down. i totally yeah. get it i just wish we i wish we didn't we, make the excuses for companies that i'm not oh, making excuses good stand- no what i'm I trying know. to say is that You're companies are that horrible from their standpoint it mm-hmm. makes sense to not do this i just wish we didn't like i wish we valued them putting forward the work and you know like owning up to your fucking mistake. We sh- we we can't though. We can't. That's my point. Is that their company? Companies are not people. Companies have no emotions. They have no morals. Like companies don't care about you. Company care. Companies care about their people. The people. I mean, they don't even care about the people that work there. They care about. They care about. They care about. Money, it's obvious right? they don't give a shit about the people. No, that yeah, work I there. I get that. Yeah. I just wish it wasn't that fucked. I wish. Yeah, I, I mean, that's I what Moises that and I are trying to say. We're trying to say that we wish that it wasn't like that. Yeah. Yeah, and the reason, like, I and I hate I, I hate coming to the to the defense of no, I'm not trying to, right? I'm just trying to give some context or some knowledge to why they would put out this specific statement, even though this in even though this statement is disappointing, even though I personally wish that they just didn't say anything at all if this is what they're everything, gonna say. Everything about the handling um, of this was disappointing, and yeah, like you mentioned earlier, that Neil coming, f- like Neil specifically, him, him saying an important statement from us was the dumbest thing I've ever I've yeah. ever seen, dumbest thing, because it's not an important, it's not important, nope. it's a statement from you. But it says nothing. All it and says then, is we didn't do it. And then it just it makes it like fucks everything up because like it, so yeah. so much of what like what we do even like not not even for OK Beast but just as like consumers of games media is like we we get invested in these people. There are people mm-hmm. dedicated to telling stories about the people who make games because ultimately yes a company makes games but you know what the people in the fucking company make the games like these are not Mm. robots so they make us care about them you know i care about tons of like individual developers i care about tons of games media personalities and then at the end of the day like it it makes me wrestle with like whether or not i should think of these people almost as like individual people or like whole bodies of like fucked up cash spewing machines because neil like neil for all intents and purposes was was and is a good person then Mm. he put like his face to that fucking message and it ruins everything yeah even though he probably has he he, He has an obligation he probably knows he probably knows nothing he could because he's a lead i mean maybe he did it but like he that's a joke that should (laughs) actually i probably should make that joke but he po- he potentially probably knows nothing about it, right? He just had he just, he just it's his responsibility to relay to that message. Like, yeah, this is what my like this is what my superiors want me to do. Yeah, like this is what I, this is what I have to say because I have to leave the studio or whatever. But the situation sucks. I will say that, and I think that's something Everything we can all agree about on. It fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, 
I want to. We're gonna skip questions this week because we've gone too long and I got things to do. No, we can um, lightning round. Let's go. No, I I can't. All I right, gotta go. But is there anything you guys want? And also, I feel like after this conversation, we're not talking again. Yeah, we're, we're not, not talking. I'm never never I'm never texting Ian. I'm shutting. No. The, I'm shutting. <laughs> down. Yeah, I mean, I think we I think we're all we found common ground. So, uh, do we have anything we want to close with? I don't. Companies suck. Companies, companies suck. suck. They don't care about you. They only want your money. And that's it. No game company is safe. Every single game that you like most likely has people sexually being preyed preyed upon at their workplace. So next time you see Overwatch characters fucking in that weird Brazzers porn, realize that someone lost their job making that character because they probably were preyed upon by somebody. So Jesus. congratulations. This is the world we live in. Everything we love is a fucking lie. Walt Disney was a was a Nazi sympathizer. Uh, Overwatch <laughs> is Overwatch uh, is used in China for money farms. Fuck everything. Life is meaningless. Goodbye. Oppressing is Donald Trump. Um, I did he, say last. <laughs> we were talking about last week how micro how companies don't care about you also because of the microtransactions thing. This seems to be the next theme week, of OKBeast.com. I was gonna say, can we have a happy episode next week? I'm not even gonna be here. Yeah, possibly. I think, I think Wait, who's leading Ian. the show next week? Then? It's me and you. Oh, I it's think gonna be next you week. and Moises. It's y'all too. We're talking about anime titties for two hours, boys. <laughs> when he said, when he said that we were gonna have next episode to ourselves, I just res- immediately responded in the chat. Hey, me and Ian can finally sit down and just talk about hentai for two hours. Oh Jesus! Yeah. I, I, Everyone, quickly watch. Look at these anime titties to forget about the awful, uh, the awful parts of capitalism and consumerism slowly taking over our world and uh, deleting our originality. I am glad we talked about it though. I didn't want to talk about it at first, but I'm like, I guess we might as well talk about it. I'm glad there's we talked not, about there's it. nothing to talk about. Like, I don't understand how like there's even another com- side. Com- to companies this. are companies are bad. That's a great conclusion. That's a great. That, if companies are bad. Understand. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like people don't understand the concept that companies are bad. Everyone's I like, just, oh my god! I, I get it. I just wish they were this? like they were held up to a standard. That's all. Yeah, that's all I'm hoping. Because companies are a collection of people, and when a group of people are together, nothing good comes from it. Especially when money's involved, or love. <laughs> the Okie Beast Podcast <laughs> is a weekly gaming and nerd culture centric show. This is where we figure out how we're gonna end this whole website. Make sure, we say. make sure, make sure you take your Zoloft at least one hour before listening to the podcast. If you like the show, subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit okiebeast.com and follow at okiebeast now on Twitter and Instagram. I've been blessed. You can find me at Blessing Junior on Twitter. You can find Ian on Twitter at Ian Why Not. You can find Moises on Twitter at some dumb username. We will see you next week. Plants and Rangers sixty nine.